0: In sunny Santa Cruz, California. What's what? what? What, Hey everyone, this is Liza. And yet another good day in the garage with perfect weather, wouldn't you say, Emma? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I actually got something done. I'll get to that in a second. First, let's get to who is here in the studio running the board, of course. It's Stumpy John. I'm leaving on a jet plane.
1: <laughs> I don't know when I'll be back. Well, actually, well, we actually do know, know when you're going <laughs> to yeah. be back. And it's party time. Unless Unless I, I fall off off to the Himalayan mountains. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's right.
0: Mrs. Stumpy's having a party. I got the invitation. Yes. <laughs> she should. <laughs> on
1: the classic girl couch, it's Miss Emma. <laughs> Guess my weight and win a smack in the mouth. <laughs> Hello, <laughs> darling. <laughs> <laughs> 125
0: oh, oh.
1: close
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs>
1: kilos <laughs> i think
0: they. she's weighed in stones <laughs> <Yes>. oh my <laughs> and, stones. Uh, and of course on the classy girl couch it's mrs stumpy hello everyone hello uh, joining us for the first time, still trying to figure out what is happening. It's Tino.
4: <laughs> that's right. <laughs> or
0: should we call you Captain T?
1: Ooh, Captain Ooh, I
4: T. I like that.
0: Captain T, that's his that's good radio. One. Captain name. T with a oh, little weed.
4: That's Dr. T. Do- oh, Dr. T.
1: Yeah.
0: Do- oh, T. Oh, Dr. T. Yeah, All right. yeah
1: no, Captain okay. T did Love It Will Keep Us
4: Together.
0: That's, right. That's
4: Captain N T. Captain N T. All yeah. right.
0: I, I like Dr.
4: T. <laughs> Dr. T. Come <laughs> you,
0: And uh, also gonna be taking a trip coming up soon, joining us. Is this your second time? Third time? Second time. Second time?
5: It's Patrick. Still figuring my way around this place and <laughs> yeah, understanding know, right? what's going on. What's
0: Hello. going on? And then, of course, joining us from his luxurious garage full of vehicles. It's Bagel.
6: Ciao a tutti! <laughs> <laughs> Is that a tutti fruity? Oh,
0: so I mentioned that I got some stuff done today and I, I want to come clean. I want to bare my soul
1: and say... You'll that, feel better for it.
0: Uh, you know what? You know what? Hey.
5: for <laughs> it. I'm
0: owning it. I'm being honest. I kind of messed up. <clears> well, <throat> uh, so, you know, I, I rent my KLR out on Twisted Road. And I had two rentals this week, in fact. Um, Well, Zach used it last weekend, and then um, I think Tuesday I had a rental. And then on Thursday, this lovely man named Bjorn from, I assume, Sweden. Is that where the Bjorns are from? Generally, yes. A
6: lot of them, yeah.
0: Yeah, Uh, though he lives in uh, Vietnam, Oh, okay. He's probably a chef. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure. Uh, and he's an engineer, really cool guy. Oh, so
1: he's not a chef. He's, he's a- had
0: a couple KLRs. Um,
1: and he must be a cool guy.
0: <laughs> yeah, right? So he came and rented my KLR, and I'm like, here you go. It don't look good. You know, I cleaned the mirrors, you know. And then he he's like, all right, all right, we're checking the bike out. And then he checks the chain slack. Oh, it was really
2: bad. There was
0: like four inches of
2: play.
5: It
0: was (laughs) really bad. I'm like,
5: oh my
0: God, I'm so sorry. I didn't didn't know. I I checked the air pressure and I cleaned the mirrors. I just didn't think about the other maintenance stuff, right? So I'm like, I'll get that done right now. I'm in my work clothes and I'm running around with wrenches and <laughs> pulling out the cotter pin. And, you know, he's, he's an engineer. So, of course, I'm like, I got a new cotter pin for you. <laughs> like, I just oh I'm already like, oh, feel bad. So get that uh, adjusted. And he takes off and he calls me 15 minutes later and he goes, it's really low on oil. Oh, no. I'm like, oh, bring it back. Oh, I oh, no. feel bad. So I had some oil ready. It took a quart. Wow. Oh, wow. Oh, my God. Do you know how much oil the entire bike takes? It's like I do not two, know. two. Two and a half. 3. But that's not surprising. You know, I've,
5: I've done that on my KLR, and it's like, wow, I can't believe the But you haven't really running. ridden it
3: very much.
1: Well, I guess you've ridden it, huh? Yeah, yeah but no, I mean, all old, old
5: singles
1: use oil.
0: In my defense, I had already planned to do an oil change this weekend. I had already ordered an oil <laughs> filter and oil and everything, but I just
1: you, you just know, it's a, you'd. It's a KLR. You yeah. you thought you would squeak in one more rental to some poor. I
0: didn't happily squeak. Did, I'll be honest. I don't think to check that stuff so much. So, um, God, I felt God. I felt bad. I felt bad. <laughs> and then of course you brought it back, and he's a, he's a nice guy, but he's like, yeah, it's making a lot of noise, and you should check the balancer chain and the timing chain, and you should do the doohickey, and you should do this, <laughs> and you should really supply a USB adapter because I have just the regular. Bit. You know, I'm mm. like, oh, he, he called me out on stuff that I'm like, he was right.
1: Mm. Yeah.
0: He was right. So I'm owning it. I felt bad. I need to do better.
1: Um, Actually, I mean, you really do, Liza, because there's a couple of reasons for it. Number one, I mean, ultimately, you run the garage. So I,
0: I know. This was but, very embarrassing. Yeah. But even, but, the,
1: even mm. that aside, I mean, anybody who puts their bike on Twisted Road... Um, really has an obligation to you know, try and keep their customers as safe as possible. And
0: that's why I wanted to come clean and not just yeah, hide it. No, right. Because I'm like, you know what? I, I need to be more responsible and putting in I'm people proud on of you, mind. Liza. You've so come a long way. I did all those things today, um, but I'm using this also as just kind of a PSA like, hey, if you're renting, <laughs> check your shit yeah
6: because because if it happened to your bike you know it's happening yeah. to other other bikes that other people are running to
0: yeah so, um, so get on it my bad sorry bjorn that's all i have to say um cool but we did get some st- a little bit of stuff done but more so we had a lot of new people show up oh today. yeah we did oh yes nice and they all kind of wander up with this, like, glazed look, like, where am I what? I mean, it wasn't very long that either of you showed up, and you're just like, what? It's a
3: trip when you first show up here. Yeah.
4: I've yeah. been in the room before. It's just every time I come in here, my father grew up collecting Star Wars, telling me that one day it'll pay for my college, only for him to donate it, and I not receive anything. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but when I see this, not only is it reminding me oh, of my childhood, see it's... in the studio. I'm... Huh?
0: Yeah, you're talking about the studio now. Yeah, the studio.
4: Yeah. Um. I'm just blown away because <laughs> I'm someone who was raised to appreciate such things. And I'm just, I'm in awe right now.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. I have a lot of toys. Yeah, including
4: Archie-wawa.
0: some speeders. Glorious. I started collecting speeders. Um, but we had I, a, a I nice got, woman named Avery who found I, a jacket. I got toys. Yes.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: yeah. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway. Avery... Delightful lady Avery, mm-hmm. and um, she got herself a bejeweled jacket.
0: Yes, she did. I said, "Lean into it, put more bejewels on." That's right. Well, she's she's riding a minty
1: green buddy.
0: Um, but also, I think my—I'd say this—my favorite new person of the day was Gino. Oh, Gino! What a lovely young man
1: he really was. And I tell you what, S one thousand. That wasn't an s one. No, it wasn't. It was a... Uh, the xr It was an xr one. xr
0: He's 19 years old. Yes. Yeah, that's a
1: nice bike. No.
0: And, you know, he had a, his first bike, he started riding when he was 15 and a half, was a, a 9T, a BMW 9 oh, Well, wow.
1: no, that was his first street oh, bike. He's street been bike. riding yeah. on the yeah, yeah, dirt yeah. since eight years old. Yes. I mean, you know, his, his dad's a GS. His, his GS
0: rider. What I think is a pretty responsible bike, considering. I mean, it still is a big bike. But, um... Plenty of horsepower, but... It is, but what a, a, a nice young man who seems to be really responsible, I would right. say, you know, uh, for owning, like, a nice and, bike, and not showboating it at all.
1: Oh, no, not at all.
0: Not at all. But just, like, yeah, he he wanted something a little bit, you know, not as heavy as a GS. Right. Um, so, I... What a what a great guy. And he hung out all day just kind of like just- watching the Emma and Liza show. Yes. And what a show. I know. What a show. Well, speaking of
1: shows. Really big show. Really speaking of shows.
0: There's a Oh look, there's a man. There's there's a big show coming up that I'm gonna be going to.
1: <laughs> Oh really? And what
0: show is that? Yes. Well, you know, I've been talking about uh, Americade. This first time I'm going. Yeah, that's right. And I am. I'm really excited. Um,
1: As you should be. It's
0: some. It's an event I've heard of over the years, but never wanted to travel cross country um, to go to an event. We have a lot of events over here, but this year there's some things happening that I got um, involved with. Right. And I'm really excited to be a part of it. I'm going there, and it's going to be. I'm going to be there like a week it's really cool but you know what i've never actually been there or experienced it and i figured you know the best person to really tell us more about this event is christian dutcher because he runs this whole thing and not just that he grew up in it i mean what what a cool life right to have your parents have an event like that so joining us all the way from somewhere over there is christian dutcher hey christian Hey, everybody. Hey, Hey, there he is. (laughs) So
1: please forgive Liza, because anywhere east of the Mississippi is somewhere over there. Where are you actually speaking to us from?
7: I am about uh, 40 minutes from the border of Canada in Vermont. Oh, we
1: have many misfits from Vermont. It's it's a good place. It's a good place. Nice.
0: Christian, I just figured out who you look like. Who does Christian look like? chris martin from Coldplay. oh he does have you gotten that before
7: i think if you meet me in person you you may change your mind (laughs) (laughs) i would like to look like chris martin from uh, Coldplay. (laughs) i think the lighting is really good right now um so first i wanted to
0: say hey thanks for uh you know including me because i said hey if i'm coming put me to work (laughs) boy boy have they i've got i've got i think i need a handler to just uh, point me in the right direction and tell me wh- what I'm doing next. But Christian, I want to um, talk about um, the rally, which is coming up in a week, what, nine days?
2: hmm
0: From, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yep, eight days. Yikes, yeah. I know. And it's not your only event, so we'll get to that. But um, let's, let's go back um, to the history of AmeriCade. So how long have you been involved with it?
7: Well, I've been involved with it uh, probably I, it was probably breaking some uh, child labor laws because <laughs> my parents started it and I worked at it when I was fourteen. Um, so that was back in 1983. That was a, a long time ago.
0: <laughs> what were you doing? Like, my,
7: the
0: hot dog was, cart.
7: Yeah, exactly. I was handing out packets and just <laughs> p- being a gopher for uh, my parents who had no idea what they had started. It was the first year thing, and you know, there's that old saying: "What if you p- threw a party and everybody came?" That's exactly what happened, and. Uh, very quickly, they realized, holy mackerel! We've, there, there's, there's something here. There's something mm-hmm. really big here, and um, you know, 20 years on, I was still working every year with America but had my own career. And then one day, I, I was at a crossroads, and my father said, "What do you think about stepping in full time year-round?" And that's that's what I did. That was back in the uh, early 2000s. <clears throat> it's
0: is it a dream gig?
7: Yeah, I mean, it is. It, it <laughs> is, but it's, it's also. <laughs> You know, it's a lot of work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's extremely stressful. So I I, uh, I reflect on that all the time, right? People have a wonderful time. We have people, attendees and volunteers who have been with us for literally decades. Um, they love the event. And it's something really special to a lot of people in, in some pretty profound ways. And that's pretty cool to be part of. And, you know, you, it's like a cliche thing, but there are times when I'm riding my bike you know, trying to find new routes that I'm going to introduce hundreds or thousands of people to. And I think I'm, I'm this is my job. So <laughs> yeah. that's when it gets, that's when it gets really sweet.
0: No. And, and that's something that I thought would be really cool. And to talk to you about, I mean, organizing an event of this size mm-hmm. has got to have a lot of stories, but let's go back even further. How did this event start?
7: Well, there used to be an. It's 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 interesting story. Years ago, there was an Aspen Cade in Rio New Mexico, Mm -hmm. and that ran for a a number of years. And my father was a uh, he was the PR director for Harley Davidson, which has its own back during the dark, dirty days of AMF. And, um, anyways, he was aware of that event that went that event went out of business. And my father was at a crossroads himself, and he thought, you know what. Northern New York, a lot, of, there are a lot of beautiful roads up here. I bet a motorcycle rally would go over well. So we called up the guy, and he essentially licensed the name Aspencade. It was kind of a funny little side story there. Years ago, Honda's flagship touring bike was the Aspencade, and that was named after that New Mexico-based event for the- That's for pretty the, cool. For the whopping price of one motorcycle. not This is pre-my pre family. This is back when the old guy had it. The other guy had it. Um, so he thought- motorcycle rally could work. He licensed the name Americade. He had a lot of motorcycle contacts from his Harley gig. And one thing led to another and rapidly became a thing.
0: That's pretty cool. Um, and I was just curious, do you know where the name Aspencade came from?
7: Well, there are a lot of aspen trees in New Mexico. And there are also a lot of aspen trees out here and uh, sort of merged it with Cavalcade because it was, it was run in the fall back then. So joining the, the fall colors of Aspens with a cavalcade of, of motorcycles and, and it's Aspencade.
0: Well, guess what? It's game time. Yeah. All right. You know, I thought that um, Americade and Aspencade are pretty interesting names. Um, in fact, Emma, Aspencade is like one of the best gold wings ever made, right?
1: Well, I mean, they've used the name sporadically yeah. throughout, but basically an Aspencade um, that's the top of the line. That's the one that's got all the bells and whistles, two-tone paint, all the good stuff.
0: That's p- pretty flattering. Oh, yeah. I didn't, I didn't know the origins of the name Aspen Cade. It was named after the event that then became AmeriCade. Right, right, right. So I thought it was pretty cool having that Cade on there, and it made me think about other words that have Cade in them. Oh, good. So I'm going to play a little game. And it's going to be this will sound unfair. I love this. Uh, but we are going to put Christian and Bagel together on one team. All right. And then we're going to put everyone in this room together on one team. And All right. so, what I'm going to do Christian, is Christian, you are actually
1: going to win this. This is my prediction because <laughs> Bagel is an extremely smart guy. You're obviously very smart. <laughs> We're the thickies in the studio, so you're golden.
0: So here's how it's going to work. I'm going to give you the definition of a word. We'll do one team at a time, and you're going to have six seconds to name the word. And if you don't get it, the other team will get to steal and get a point. And will the Mm. word end in Cade? And it ends in Cade. Oh. Okay. Uh Uh-huh. So let's start with uh, Bagel and Christian. Are you guys ready?
6: I'm ready. Ready as I'm going to be. The definition
0: is a procession of motor vehicles as in a parade. Um, motorcade. That is correct. Point (laughs) goes to team Zoom. (laughs) All right. right, Team Room. You ready? (laughs)
5: Let's do it.
0: A usually improvised structure set up as across a route of access to obstruct the passage of an enemy or opponent.
5: Barricade. Barricade.
0: That is correct. Point. Great! All right, all right, all right, team Zoom. I always thought You're that up. was
1: because the guy made it was called Barry. Oh, that would <laughs> make total Ooh. sense. Right, hey, Kate.
0: team Zoom.
3: John Cade wouldn't sound the same.
0: A procession of riders or horse-drawn carriages.
7: I would say a cavalcade. That is correct. Oh, oh that's right. Right. just <laughs> under the wire. That
0: is a cavalcade. Okay, team Room, are you ready? We got this. A heavy, uncontrolled outpouring. Cascade? That is correct. Ooh, Ooh.
4: Wow. Yeah. wow.
0: Ooh, tie.
4: She's sexy doing good. it, too. Ty. All of a sudden, I don't know words. <laughs> I don't know. That's <laughs>
0: <Yeah. laughs> right. right. the pressure. It's got All me, right. too. <laughs> All right, Team Zoom, are you ready? All right. A commercial establishment featuring an array of large mechanical or electronic games
6: arcade That is My correct. Old home.
0: I should have known that.
7: Been <laughs> <laughs> many an hour there.
0: All right. Team room. You ready to tie it up? The face of a building, especially the principal face. Well, a, a facade. facade. That is correct. That yes. was a tricky. That was a tricky, mm. was a tricky yeah. one. I was going to see if you say facade. Facade. It's it a f-
1: facade. <laughs> All right. <laughs> very picturesque
4: All right.
0: Team Zoom. A period of 10 years.
4: Decades. A decade. <laughs> oh. Whose team are you on? <laughs> Sorry. Oh. He, Sorry. He's so
0: excited he knew that one. <laughs> All right, point goes to Zoom.
4: Okay. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs>
0: okay, now to the room to tie it up. A heavy fabric interwoven with a rich raised design.
1: Brocade.
0: That is correct. I looked right at Emma because I'm like, there's no way she's going to miss this one.
1: Well, um, <clears throat> I had a dodge start with brocade seats. Oh, yeah. Ooh, yeah. Yes.
0: All right. We got two more. And now they're getting hard. You know, surprisingly, and this is why I thought it was interesting, Christian. There's not a lot of words that have Cade. And I so I assumed it came from like cavalcade or something like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right. We are. All right. Team Zoom. All right. An entertainment spectacle of swimmers and divers, often performing in unison to the accompaniment of music.
3: It's the Olympic thing.
0: It's not your turn. Oh, it's their I,
3: turn?
6: Aqua, aquacade? That's correct.
7: Wow. wow. Yes. That's the linguist wow. over there. Wow. wow. Good one. Man, that's impressive. It's aqua- right. <laughs> that means uh,
0: team room.
7: Pressure yourself.
0: You need to get this. To tie. Okay. Um. This is a hard one. No pressure. All right. The warden or keeper of a jail
4: stockade. Ah, oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Time's
0: up, uh, team Zoom. Do you want to try and steal? I don't know. Not can sure. You re- can you repeat it? Times up. The warden or keeper of a jail is an alcade.
4: Really? Oh. You never which heard of was it. a never British term.
0: Which I thought
1: Emma might be able to get that. No, well, it's a British hmm. term from the 17th century, darling. <laughs>
5: well, we were, <laughs> we were, we were <laughs> all
1: my time. Right. We were talking
5: about history today, and but what
1: happened. <laughs>
5: But the kind of history easy. that
1: i like <laughs>
0: that was the steam era dear. so congratulations uh christian and bagel you won the Cade game Woo-hoo. <laughs> Thank you. Yay. so let's get back to this so you grew up at this event and um you know when i had first heard of it it went by a nickname which I don't think is you're not, it's not a bad name, but it was like the Goldwing rally just yeah. to separate. It's not like, um, Daytona or Sturgis or mm-hmm. vintage days, you know, mm-hmm. it was its own thing and it was called the Goldwing rally. So was that more because you, it was catering to touring bikes?
7: Yeah, it's, it, it's definitely changed a lot since then we're coming up on our 40th year, but it absolutely was a touring event back then. Um, Probably the first few years, it was 90% Goldwings. And mm-hmm. uh, what we are today is really a derivative of that. It still is very much not, uh, nothing against them, but definitely not a Daytona or a Sturgis. But it's definitely m- moved away from just a touring event. You know, motorcycling back in the late 90s went through that huge explosion and mm-hmm. demographics mm-hmm. changed a lot. And there are a lot of people who want to ride a comfortable bike, regardless of the brand, and frankly, regardless of how loud it is, and enjoy beautiful sights and scenery. And so that's how we've changed. We still put out a really good product, and a lot of things that you would associate with a, a touring event, except that you know Harley Davidson was our biggest sponsor for yeah. a number of years because mm-hmm. they loved the event. It was something different than the the, the rest of the. The, the well you're routine. kind of
0: um supporting the hardcore distance riders right
7: <clears throat> yeah but even you know even a huge part of our crowd are the people who come up just for a day or two uh, from you know f- four hours away out of long island yeah but
0: yeah, exactly these away. are these are the type these aren't bar hoppers these are people right, who like exactly. to get on their That's bike right. and go across a state line
7: yeah, I, 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 the way I say it is we um, we work year-round and assiduously to make an event that is a little too boring for the people who really want to get crazy. <laughs> so it's a good event, but it's just if you're really looking for a crazy time, AmeriCade's not it. But if you're looking for a nice time, then AmeriCade's pretty good.
0: So no burnout contest?
7: We have had the occasional stunt mm-hmm. rider, and some people love it and some people hate it. I think it draws much more mixed reviews than you would find at a normal – normal uh, motorcycle event.
0: And no wet t-shirt contest?
7: No wet t-shirt.
0: I got (laughs) to repack. So what would be like... So I know that it's still like, uh, you know, touring bikes, but... It's not just touring bikes. It's it's a little bit of everything. People love to get on ride, but what is it? How you've been changing? What is the new kind of direction and the new? I don't want to say symbol, but what do you want to be known as?
7: You know what I aspire to, and it's it's maybe it's a pipe dream, but and it's not it's not a great example because it's not exactly what what um, what. What I reference is not exactly the vision that I have, but the, uh, the Goodwill Festival of Speed and, and, uh, mm. in, in, that is such a cool event. And we, Americate, are not a monoculture. We're not a, uh, cruising event. Because mm-hmm. when you're a cruising event, it's hard to migrate away from being a cruising event. You're forever a cruising event. Um, And we're no longer a touring event and we draw a pretty disparate crowd. We do, we draw a lot of cruisers, tours, sport tours, adventure riders. We host, you know, trials shows and this and that. And I thought to myself, wouldn't it be great if somehow we could pull it together where in the future we are viewed as that. Total multifaceted display of everything yes. that's great about motorcycling. That's what I would love to happen. And it's, it's a little bit of pipe dream, but that is that vision that I have floating in the back of my mind every year when we try to hone and craft and improve AmeriCade.
0: Well, and one of the big changes you've made this year, and one of the things I've been helping out with is catering more to women riders, which is really Super great. Um, and that's something that women riders have been asking for. It's not that hard and they're not that different. Right. But just being kind of acknowledged and having some some features for them. Um, let's talk about some of the things you're adding this year.
7: So, well, I mean, you're referencing the one that is the most exciting for, the, frankly, the whole organization. So the RAP program, the Women Writers yeah. at American uh, Program. It's a program that, uh, <laughs> it's funny, you know, people look to me and say, hey, good job. And I, and I say, all I do is provide a platform and get the hell out of the way. So (laughs) I have a lot of smart people who like yourself, Liza and others who are involved in the program who are basically saying, here's what it should be. Great. Let's make it happen. Um, So it's a program that's led by created by um, women. um, Mm -hmm. And all America does is just mm, capitalize on the, the attention that's drawn to the event to create a pretty big platform for this program. And I'm pretty sure that if we launched a similar program last year at our adventure bike rally, we have a totally unrelated adventure bike Mm -hmm. rally, same sort of thing. I just got out of the way. (laughs) And I I, instantly, I thought this thing is going to happen every single year that that is going to be a part of the event every single year from, um, from here on. And I, and I suspect strongly that's going to happen with America too. So it's pretty exciting. Um, So, yeah. So,
0: and and in, in the wrap, some of the features we're adding is uh, we're doing a women's fashion show, um which is women wearing their own gear that they love mm-hmm. and then sharing what that is while strutting a stage. That's
7: cool. Yeah, the not that kind of fashion show fashion show. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah.
0: you know, that's the thing. A lot of women have found something that fits that they like and it's an opportunity for them to share it. Um and then we, I think, By the way, yeah?
7: I, th- that's not my idea. I think it's a great idea and I am I, I loved it because when I'm at a gas station, I'm the one who's like the chief advocate of some piece of gear that I'm wearing. I love to talk to people about, you know, why, here's why this here's why this glove is the best glove yeah, on the market. Exactly. So, uh, mm-hmm. making an an event like that is going to be fun.
0: Yeah, and um, we're doing a uh, meet and greet, um, just having like a breakfast for
1: women. There's also sorts flying of, in, y- we're,
7: we're flying in Haley Bell, out of, yeah. In, yeah, the Motorcyclist of the year in 2018. Uh, yeah. And Pretty I think cool.
1: it's, it's a good enough a time, Christian, for me to offer both you and everybody involved with Americade a huge apology because Americade reached out to me to actually offer, as a women mechanic, some classes, mm-hmm. and I simply couldn't find the time to do it.
7: Springtime for me. It's all good. Is, 2023
1: 2023 yeah. well you, you know it might <laughs> it's gonna require me finding somebody to do a lot of work back home but i think perhaps with a little more notice for 2023 i would love to come out please teach some classes for women my question to you it's still very much a touring rally still very much heavyweight touring bikes what proportion of female riders are you getting on them? Now, I, you know, I service a lot of Gold Wings at my shop, and mm-hmm. a Gold Wing in particular is still a traditionally male-owned bike mm-hmm. for whatever reason. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, it's, so how does is it, how do you see the numbers panning out at your rally?
7: So – just a couple of numbers. And, and frankly, they're estimates because it's cha- it's it's constantly changing. And oddly, with the COVID in the past two years, it's been <laughs> – surprise, it's been pretty disruptive. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see what the numbers are like this year. But the number of Gold Wings are very, is very small at America this year. So it's really transitioned away from that a lot. The number of women riders, like the rest of the world, um, has grown substantially. Exponentially, but it's still a fraction. Yes. So probably – I had to take a wild guess, probably 10 to 12% at AmeriCade.
1: Wow, that's a good
7: Overwhelmingly riding smaller displacement bikes. So rarely do you see uh, a woman on a a bigger displacement bike. That's changing a little bit just because, you know, some of the manufacturers are doing some some things that uh, facilitate uh, women on a a bigger displacement bike, you know, lower seat height, that sort of thing. Mm. Uh, But generally the interest has been, as I understand it, and I'm a guy. What the hell do I know? Um, <laughs> but as I understand it, you know, midsize you know, displacement bikes um, are predominantly where you see our, our our the female demographic riding.
0: Yeah, and there are a lot of great midsize bikes that you right. can do long distance riding on too. It's really a good yep. fit. Yep. Um, and you have you have me doing a bunch of stuff there. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm going to be interviewing Alonzo Bowden. Mm-hmm. That'll be cool. Doing a live podcast interview, I guess, in front of peoples, so I got to be ready for that. Yeah. Um, I'm doing Rev Sisters Film Festival there every day. We're going to be playing films for free that anyone can go in and watch some great films
2: mm-hmm. that
0: we've curated from some of our past festivals.
7: Mm-hmm.
0: What is this Knights of the round table that you got me into?
7: <laughs> so the nights of the round table is my, so it, it all starts with. Um, an idea that I had years ago. I watched so my father. I, you have to understand the household I grew up in. A, I grew up in a crazy household, good and mm-hmm. crazy in a good way. But my father was a professional motorcycle racer and back in the old day. And they've got some crazy stories, <laughs> nutso stories. And you get a few of them together, and holy crap, it's just a, it's amazing to sit back and listen. Um, and I thought, you know, at Americade, we've got that, we've got all of these various colorful individuals. You just got to pull them together. And when they're together and they're telling their stories, there's automatically an audience around them Mm -hmm. that just wants to listen. So I thought, let's just do that. Let's just come up with, you know, conjure up some event, call it something and basically give, uh, the stage over to five or six people who've got a lot of writing experience that surely have some good stories. So we created this thing called the Knights of the Roundtable and it was popular right off the bat. And we have, um, uh, like a, one of those spinny game show wheels and it's got topics <laughs> on there and, you know, moment I nearly crapped my pants being one of them and other things like that. <laughs> um, I
0: hope you have a, a category for scar stories.
7: You know, we don't. Well, it's funny you Ooh. mentioned that just because yesterday I was thinking myself. Well, that's right, I need to redo those categories. So I think I might be <laughs> emailing you for some suggestions. <laughs> there you go. Um, and so the people that we'll have on stage will be yourself. Mm-hmm. And uh, my father Is tells uh, a
0: I can't he's wait to meet his... him. Everyone tells me you have to meet him. He's, he's he's, he's, I hear okay. he's a hoot and a half.
7: He's a hoot and a half. <laughs> um, I believe we'll have Mike Lafferty, a time enduro champion, nice. and national enduro champion on stage. We'll have uh, Jordy Trey. He's a st- professional stunt rider. He <laughs> does stunts in movies. Um, we will have, I believe, uh, we'll have a reporter from ADV Rider. Oh, nice. He's, uh actually it's oddly sort of um, adventure riding uh, heavy and i am blanking on somebody else and then a colorful little, cast
0: little old me
7: <laughs> well you yeah definitely you um, so it's a colorful cast of people and it, it, it really is fun and um I thought to myself I should I should record it yeah um,
0: well so that's so how the cool. podcast started it's us sitting around and we were doing that outside today right uh, I yeah. mean Tina you were just sitting there just like listening to everything right
4: well I'm, i feel in those weird uh, yeah. moments like I, there's really not a i'm still learning right so i can't really say much for
0: new writers they're kind of fascinating just yeah. listen to us tell stories and we go in mm. and mm. talk about that so it's same thing um i want to now talk about i know that there's a lot of people go what do you have like like 60 65 thousand is that kind of the numbers you're expecting mm. yep. um let's talk about what it's like because we were having a, a, a zoom conference meeting and, and sam was showing me like an aerial map of the area lake george new york mm-hmm. never mm-hmm. heard of it i'm sorry mm-hmm. apparently a lot of people yeah. have heard of it jim's That's been right. there and they're showing me a map and i'm like and they're like okay over here is, we're going to put your tent i'm like hold on wait <laughs> there's a fort
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: like yeah That'd yeah, right? yeah, yeah there's right a there. fort here i'm like yeah. wait what <laughs> Mm-hmm. Like, okay. they, they have That's to explain right this fort to me and then they're like okay we go back to okay now we're going to have the bikes park here and we're going to do something. I'm like hold on is that a steamboat what what, or what is that <laughs> <laughs> yes there's boats it's a cool. lake I'm like hold on I just couldn't it's- get past as I'm looking at this aerial map like what a cool town it reminded me of kind of Tahoe
7: <laughs> it's a little bit like Tahoe imagine like a really narrow version of Tahoe whose <laughs> mountains aren't nearly as big but it's it's beautiful. Um, I mean, it really is. It's it's a beautiful part of the world, and the lake itself is is amazing. And it's it coincidentally is about four hours drive from some huge population centers from really everywhere: New York, <laughs> Boston, Montreal. Yeah. Um, so it's a great place to converge.
0: And you kind of take over like the streets. Some it's yeah. like yeah, yeah,
7: with a reason. Yeah. <clears throat> it's
0: not like on some grounds. It's like they take over.
7: The streets no, and
0: no, use no. uh, a lot of people are participating. You have like bars and, and, and yeah, restaurants the and all yep. the stuff going on. So it seems like mm-hmm. really cool, but
2: mm-hmm.
0: what is the one thing you would say that sets your event apart from everyone else? What's the one thing you do the best? Cause I've, well, I've heard, I've heard a humble brag about test rides.
7: Oh, well, th- well that, that is true. Um, -hmm. Oddly, you know, we're not the we're not even close to the biggest event in the country. You know, obviously the Daytonas and Sturgises are bigger by a factor of 10 um, or more. But we we always get the most factory rigs there offering test drives every year. And we have done so for the past 25 years. And I think it's because A, it's we 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 attract a breadth of riders. I know we've got this touring origin story, but mm-hmm. really we we attract all sorts of different riders. And because we are an, a g- small group of people who work year-round to build an event, as mm-hmm. opposed to something that just happens organically, the quality of motorcyclists that comes to the event rides more miles, buys more bikes, owns more gear. And the manufacturers know this. They test, you know, they they, they do their market studies and they see what happens when um, they're at America, and they realize when we put somebody's ass in this seat they're more likely to buy that bike as opposed to other events right. and it's odd because there are, you know laconia's right after us and it's a big event and um they don't several of those manufacturers don't go there or more than several
0: <laughs> all right i might get in trouble for this but i, I just okay. kind of want to what i'm saying it's not the gold ring ra- rally this is the real riders rally oh yeah yeah. This oh, is like real riders. Like, okay, yeah, no, it, it, fighting that's, talk. That's, I know.
7: Well, actually, if you talk to the manufacturers, that's how they describe America. They say Americade. The, the thing that's different about Americade is it's a rider's rally. And yeah, it really
0: is. Yeah, it is rider's rally. And so you do test rides, and I guess uh, that's part of the allure, too. That there are these rides every day that people are going out yeah. and riding. I don't yeah. even know what it's like there. Is, is it mountains? What is it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Mountains? Yeah. Is there, uh, let's see, is it, oh, it's, uh, oh, you probably have good leaf peeping out there
1: in the fall, huh? Right.
7: Yeah. (laughs) So
1: my question to you, Christian, I mean, is this something, this development as the riders rally, Mm -hmm. has this kind of grown organically or is it something that you kind of latched onto very, very early on? Because let's go back to the Goldwing days. You know, Goldwing riders traditionally do tend to be more long-distance riders. Mm -hmm. So did you kind of latch onto it and say, look, this is the direction we're really going to go in? Or has it really just grown like that organically? Hmm. Because I I think comparing it to Laconia is a great example Mm -hmm. of how different an ostensibly similar rally can be.
7: Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, in in the same region, yeah. Um, I'd love to claim that we had the foresight to and you know strategic aptitude to create this riders rally angle but it really was uh, it, organic and it it is because it originated as um uh, a touring rally right. so you put into place the staff and the know-how of doing long distance rides and sort of building in the the quality of a long distance ride the things that you need to do to make a long distance ride memorable and enjoyable when i say long distance like a long distance single day ride that's really not that long distance but by a lot of people's
0: um, well, and and I always like to give uh, advice, <laughs> unrequested <laughs> advice. And I'm going to say, and I and I don't even know, but I'm just going to assume. Do you have any scooter companies like Vespa who are coming to the, who supply at this event?
7: So, uh, we have had Vespa here. Um, Piaget has come up a few times, but they're not here. They haven't been here in a few. Well, COVID aside. I think they've missed two America's, but they do come up now and then.
0: Well, good, because Bagel, who's part of our team, he is the hardest rider and the most long-distance rider of us all (laughs) on his Vespa. And it's something that a lot of times, I think the the market doesn't think of them as those guys, but there are a bunch of them, and they're Mm -hmm. hardcore riders. So keep Vespa in mind. I'd love to see as you continue to broaden and bring in more. And plus, I've always said, like, my favorite bikers are the one that has a dirt bike, a Harley and a scooter in their garage because that mm-hmm. is real biker shit. You
7: yeah, know, that's just they, they just love to ride something with two wheels. Yeah. I i, I personally have an affinity for scooters. Um, oh, nice. So I'd, like to, I'd like to see more scooters at the event. Do you have a scooter? Yeah. I don't have a scooter. Oh. I don't, I, I've i always aspired to owning a scooter and I've just never. I just, you know, it's, it's an excuse. I've just never made mm-hmm. it happen. So I, I, like, was, I, 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 you know what's you know what's odd? Yeah. I run a giant motorcycle event, and I love little things. I like scooters. <laughs> yeah. I have had a lifelong lust, and I've never owned one for a like a 1968-69 Mini Cooper. <laughs> oh, nice! Um, I just like little old and unfortunately kind of unreliable stuff. <laughs> it's fun to go like faster and, and like slowly. a Fiat five hundred yes a Fiat that's Fiat 500 what he's got
0: is. to yeah bagel might yeah. be your guy man
7: i've got a story <laughs> sometime i'll tell you a story about it. so
0: Fiat i'm curious nice. um what it's like you know behind the scenes what you can share mm-hmm. um with everything that's been going on with the industry with the um the the motorcycle shows the uh, what it's not called progressive now what is it called IMS the IMS show pulling yeah. out yeah. and a lot of people mm. saying that the industry is not wanting to participate as much. I'm curious, how have you, how has it affected you? What have you seen with the industry?
7: Yeah, it's the, it's sort of the industry. I'm going to use a fancy word is bifurcated. So on one hand, you've got the manufacturers who there are many of them are awash in cash and they know that demos sell bikes. So mm-hmm. they're in, uh, but it's the vendors The you know, the mm-hmm. internet, I was just telling somebody this today, you know, oddly, and this is true for any motorcycle event, I'm not laying claim to this uh, exclusively, but during the week of America and during the week of any other major event, their expo is probably the biggest motorcycle store in the country for one week. And just like the internet has taken a major bite out of bricks and mortar Mm. retail operations, it takes a bite out of, uh, sales at expos. So I hadn't um, really
0: thought about that. Yes. Yeah, it's weird,
7: but you know, I can you know go to RevZilla and order all sorts of stuff and right. send it back if it doesn't fit. And um, the price is pretty good. And so the real value that we offer is you can touch it faster. Mm-hmm. You don't have to wait for it to be shipped. And you can sort of touch multiple things and compare. Okay, the inter- can't do, internet can't do that. And you can have it installed on site. That's a big thing. Um, but nonetheless, the internet's definitely taken a bite out of that. So right. the the those vendors the non-manufacturers mm-hmm. uh their world has changed substantially and i'm downstream of that so our world has changed substantially and the future that we are was we'll always have an expo and we'll always have vendors i say always you know maybe ims was saying this yeah. a few years ago but i really do believe that there'll always be this part of our event but we have to shift into something that occupies a different space namely we're not just an expo we have to be an entertainment venue Mm -hmm. so walking in and seeing these vendors that's part of the entertainment but it can't be only the entertainment there has to be some other really cool motorcycle stuff going on and if you knit that all together where you're touching people on the commercial side this is this thing you can touch and feel and buy and install as well as holy mackerel look at those things i've never seen those before it's motorcycling related and that's pretty cool and also give people an, an opportunity to relax and enjoy themselves then you've surrounded them in this environment that's 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 memorable and worth going to and that's likely the future for any well, successful motorcycle event and, and ama vintage days has done a good job there oh I sure mean, yeah.
0: And, yeah and and i think that um this is still the best place for people to get their products out that people haven't seen before i remember the first time i saw those uh, make them while you wait uh form mm-hmm. to your ear at a mm-hmm. show and i'm like whoa you know um but even when we were at the one show i was talking to a guy who's built his own uh towing rig that is basically a small dolly that just fits onto your trailer hitch and you put it's just a front wheel hitch you know mm-hmm. um but you know you see interesting things that you haven't seen before yeah,
7: yeah, yeah. um
0: but that's I inter- mean, we've had
7: we've uh, just to hop onto that we've had a couple of products in the past few years that have been effectively launched at americade one is this kirsch helmet or if you're familiar with kirsch helmet but it's pretty cool
0: is that an, a smart helmet
7: uh, it's a helmet that uses that uh, – I forget there's a phrase for it, that, that uh, soft material that becomes uh, – whose property changed oh, as you right, hit it. right, right, And But he's got a different take on it that works quite well for a helmet. All right, and, so it's
0: not a heads-up uh, helmet. It's just a new technology of impact resistance. Yes, yeah, the cu- cushioning. Yes, and he's,
7: yes. He's, like he's talking with the NFL. He's, he's he was a local guy that right. just – launch this product, and there's some other cool products that have been launched in America. But that's you definitely see that stuff here that you just it would take forever to trip across it on the internet.
0: Emma, that would suit you actually if there's a, a helmet that's made out of a soft material because not you know everyone can find to- a helmet for their lumpy head that <laughs> might suit you well.
1: Yeah, I got a soft head, <laughs> so um, I'm soft in the head. Um, Christian, <laughs> I want to kind of talk a little bit about. Um obviously your expectations for 2022 were great. What happened in um I should imagine 2019 was just awful and 20 was not much better and 21 wasn't a great deal better. Is this is this like the big one now?
7: This is the big comeback. We'll see? You know, it's funny. I don't mm-hmm. I, I genuinely don't know. We there are two big indicate there are two big data points that tell us how, how the event right. was one is the pre-event numbers like what's the interest in the event mm-hmm. how many people are registering what's the website traffic and that's all good but really everybody in the tourism at least out here <laughs> in the tourism industry says that everybody's t- making their mind up last second nobody's making their mind up six months in advance anymore because mm, you just yeah you know, it's just not the way we are these days so that will be the thing that um, right who actually then, shows up now, now please
1: right. forgive me i mean liza's very, very diligent about doing her research before. I am not.
7: Mm-hmm. Did you actually have an Americade last year? We did. So in 2020, we. It's, it's been a crazy, crazy ride. So in 2020, we were having the event, but then oh, there's this thing called COVID, and then lo and right. behold, I had to cancel it. Actually, I postponed it. I thought, you know what? Maybe this co- thing, COVID thing will blow over in a few months. In a couple of weeks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. So. 20 2020 was a washout but i but i scheduled two americades i scheduled yeah. one canceled it postponed it right. scheduled another one yeah. later in the year and then ended up canceling that which was nightmarish oh and I then 2021 20, came around and i said you know what um i'm going to push the event as far as i possibly can mm-hmm. in the northeastern motorcycle season before the snow flies um just to give ourselves as much elbow room in, in you know, the scientific world, as much of an opportunity to get ahead of this thing. So I scheduled it at the end of September. And whenever you change the dates, it's highly disruptive. When you put it at, right at the end of the, the season, when people have done all their riding and they're also putting their bikes away in the garage, definitely takes a hit. But I just, for <coughs> continuity, I just didn't want to miss right. another year. So yeah.
1: And what were the numbers for then? Was it gruesome yeah. or... Just
7: half, yeah, less than half, probably, yeah, forty percent. Okay. But them, I'm
0: sure so. it'd be hard, it was probably hard to get a lot of vendors to come out too. Yep. So yeah. um, you you you've been doing this a while, You're, you know, building up and and really changing. And I'm I'm excited to be a part of it. But you also branched out and started another rally.
7: Yeah, uh, Dirt Days. Yeah. yeah,
0: let's talk about that.
7: That was a moment of insanity right? <laughs> years, years ago. I said, you know what? I mean, my personal interest is riding (laughs) off road. I I love riding off road. Yeah, and um, I said, you know what would be great is to as busy as I am during Americade, and it's in you know that's a it's a crazy you know hundred ten hour week. It's a crazy crazy week. I thought, let's start another event, same time, same area. You know (laughs) what could go wrong Ah, at the same uh, time. uh, uh, So uh, I started this thing called Dirt Days. It was simultaneous to Americade. It was about ten miles outside of town. Had its own. Uh, legitimate vibe. You know, mm-hmm. it couldn't be in America. It had to be something different. But nonetheless, I've got the motorcycle industry coming into town. It seems like, you know, they want to have a um, uh, an ADV event. Mm-hmm. Let's let's make it happen during America. Well, I did that for a few years and it nearly killed me. <laughs> eventually, I said, all right, this is crazy. Let's do this at another time of year. So, I broke <clears> it apart and do it in the um, uh, middle of August uh, right on the New Hampshire-Vermont border so you can ride into either state. Beautiful riding oh, nice. either state. And <laughs> it sells out. It's, it's, we cap it at a, at a little over um, 600 people pre, and then you get about another 400 people who show up. Mm-hmm. So we're about a thousand person event, which is big for an ADV event. And we cap it. Um, the, you can only put so many people on the roads in this, in this region before you start really uh, right. um, doing damage to the riding community. You no, well, do, do not want to do that.
0: And how is it? I, I know one of the hardest things about doing any event is ensuring it how is that with uh an event that's you're going dirt you know, in the dirt are you mm-hmm. having to um, how, how do you handle that is it on private grounds
7: uh mm. no it's mostly in public we do ride on some pretty great private stuff mm. but it's uh god bless the ama the ama um has the, the relationship with a, an insurance firm that you dial them up and you pay the money and you get insurance and it's it's you know, you, you know, getting nitty gritty behind the scenes—that's one of the most challenging things, yeah. and they make it a pretty tricky solution. So that's really well.
0: Great. I know, I know. Some events, the insurance just keeps going up to the point where they shut down because it's just too hard. But well, it also sounds like your event isn't really catering to the to the so crazy riders. And one of the things that I think is quite unfortunate, and I, I kind of report every year, is the Sturgis death count. Mm. And I can't believe that there's like a death count every year. Yeah. I'm guessing you don't have a death count at your event.
7: No, yeah. no okay, at, at neither event. So at okay. at Americade, you know, there's substantial numbers there and yeah. every few years there will be a death, but it's not uh it's not part of our event. It very yeah. it, it almost always sadly, it's almost always some young kid on you know they just dropped whatever it is six grand on a used crotch rocket and they go racing up and it's usually this one road there's this one particularly amazing road right out of Lake George Village and somebody miscalculates and dies and that's a terrible thing and mm. um, but it's it nonetheless it's pretty infrequent with the Merricade despite its size and with uh, dirt days it's uh, virtually unheard of we we had a rider a few years ago have a heart attack and die oh. on the bike that was.
0: You know that happened at Vintage Days when we were there one year on really? the track, and you know, and I said we talked about this when we were talking about like people who've died on their bikes. I'm like, that's a legendary way to go. He had a heart oh, attack yeah. on the track and just went off go. the track and dropped dead. Yeah. And it's awful, but if you're
7: gonna go, oh you my know, god,
0: it's legend.
1: Well, the, the <laughs> cowboy way, I believe, was dying with one's boots on.
0: You know, and. But right, sadly, yeah. and, and we've predicted this for a while, Emma's going to die on her toilet.
1: That, <laughs> oh,
0: man. You know, we just all, we all know, and happy she's accepted it. it. I have, and it's, it's
1: probably going to be after a particularly spicy lamb vindaloo <laughs> <laughs> and gin and tonic fueled evening. F- fi- and, you Fiber's know, your friend. Yes.
7: So well, if, well,
1: just I something know, I, I have to face. That. Me and Elvis. <laughs> <laughs>
7: I don't know what your afterlife preferences are, but you can probably arrange it to have your ashes interred in a toilet. (laughs) Actually, it brings a new meaning to the word interred. Well, it really... (laughs) Interred. It really could be.
1: No, I'm just planning on, you know, happily hanging out with Elvis and Salman Rushdie and anybody else who's up there waiting for me, you know. You know, you say
0: that, but over here on the mantle, I have my dad's ashes and my dog's ashes. (laughs) Yes, side by side. (laughs) They're in the room with us.
2: Exactly.
0: (laughs) Well, I wanted to make sure we paint a full picture of what your event is like let's talk about some of the other things because i've been trying to like get an idea just from like you know browsing the website and i'm like there's bands and fireworks and cruises Mm -hmm. let's talk about that what are the all some of the other spectacles there
7: so lake uh, we're we're talking america now right Mm -hmm. yeah so america you mentioned this before but lake george um is Sorry, Lake Tahoe, but it's often voted one of the prettiest, and sometimes the prettiest lake in the country, mm-hmm. and it really is incredibly bo- uh, beautiful. So we have mm-hmm. these boat; we we uh, rent these big ships, four, 400, 600 person ships that go up the lake um, with catered um, you know meals and bands, and uh, we do a veterans' cruise. Where <laughs> a few years ago, I have a neighbor. I live in Burlington, Vermont, who's um is part of the uh, F sixteen contingent up here, and I gave I. Told them about the cruise, and they did a flyover over uh, these cruise ships, and it normally requires congressional approval or Senate approval or something, and Mm -hmm. it cost me a six-pack to make it happen. It was pretty cool. But in any case, (laughs) we have these cool uh, cruise ships that go up and down the lake. We have tons and tons of guided and unguided rides that go out every single day into the adirondacks and into vermont um we have the expo with music and stunts and and so forth Uh, we have uh, moto sessions and road lessons so lots of riding clinics to make somebody a better rider yeah uh we are the only event in the country that ride for kids is partnered with so ride for kids does their their individual rides but they've partnered with us as an event uh, to make an event happen and this
2: is
0: with the strider bikes is that that one no
7: no, this is it's like a oh, ride for kids
0: raising money for kids. Yes.
7: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Raising money for the pediatric <clears throat> brain tumor foundation. So a few a few years ago, we used to do a, a parade, and I thought, you know what, parades are fun, but let's do something. Let's do something. Let's not just ride around. So um, we made this ride for kids ride, and we raise between twenty and thirty thousand dollars every year. Um, our expectations this year are actually quite a bit higher, and it's pretty satisfying. If that's as, great. Working with them, seeing really like the need. You know, little kids with brain cancer, it's a pretty heart strings pulling thing. So it's pretty cool to be doing part of that. Um, and actually, and a related note, we also um, host the Wounded Warrior Project every year. So they oh, come cool. up in New York City and they use America. Actually, this is really cool. Yeah. They bring this group of uh, vets who are to a person, man and woman, um, and they are suffering PTSD, Mm -hmm. Um, And they use riding a motorcycle and coming to America specifically as therapy. This is like Ah, how they get back out into society where they go on a ride and they'll Mm -hmm. allow one of them to take the lead for a little bit. And that's a big mm, advancement in their their reintegration in in the society. It's
0: well known that riding is part of mental health, Mm -hmm. a big part of it.
7: yeah um so you know lots of you know lots of things we have riding games and you know
0: well i'm i'm excited because this seems my alley um and i love that you know you're you're like it's for riders it's for all bikes everything oh and yeah. i didn't even ask you what bikes do you ride
7: so i have um a triumph tiger 1050 <gasps> Ooh, you won johnson and right? i have a dead sexy and it's it's only because oh. of its looks that i own it a klr 650 yes oh, you are my yeah, dude you are yep. my dude yep i own it because of the power <laughs> yes <laughs> it's almost too much for me yeah you, 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 you strap on 37 horsepower on a 400 and whatever it is 50 pound bike um i've got a beta trials bike oh
0: we were just talking um, about Betas. Yep. beta yep. <laughs> Betas.
7: Yep. uh yeah those are my those are my main bikes
0: nice what's your next bike gonna be
7: you know, I think about that uh, way too mm-hmm. often. Mm-hmm. Um, as much as I love the my agricultural device, the KLR 650, I, I kind of think that it's old and it's time for it to move on. Ooh. And I'd like to get something that's more, um, to, you know, in, in touch with today. So either an Africa Twin Ooh. or T seven hundred. Yeah, uh, I was going to say T seven. Um, you know, something like that. Something that. Uh, it, so mm-hmm. I live in I live in northern Vermont and. More than half of the roads are unpaved here so it's got to be oh. a good bike that um, that can handle both
2: right
7: well have yeah. you checked
0: out the um we got some here in the room the Honda uh, adventure scooter
7: best yes, of all the that. worlds it's pretty cool I know <laughs> yeah that's pretty sweet
0: I can't wait to try one well yep. I am so excited to come there and be a part of this and I love that you're you know making big moves and um I look forward to you know growing with you and seeing what it becomes. I want to make sure everyone knows how they can get tickets or find out. And and this is something that you can come for one day. You can come for many days.
7: Yeah, Yeah, definitely. You want to tell everyone where
0: they can find out more info?
7: Go to americade.com. That's America America with a D-E at the end, americade.com.
0: It's a cavalcade of Americas. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Exactly. And I'm doing a couple of seminars, one that nobody else knows that I'm going to be doing, but I am. Um, uh, Haley and I are, are going to talk about behind the scenes of, of the Women Writers World Relay, you
7: know? Yeah, that's going to be
0: cool. Uh, yeah, and then I'm going to also be talking about Chickistan. Actually, Christian, I need to get you to Pakistan. John is leaving tomorrow
7: love it. Yep. to go
0: on a Pakistan trip. No kidding. Yeah. yeah. How cool. Yeah, I got to get you there. You're going to love I it. I
7: would love it. I would well, love it.
0: I wanted to thank you so much for um, you know coming on our show and in also including me. And when I said put me to work, you did.
7: You uh, have well, me everywhere, Liza. I'm, first of all, I'm very thankful that you invited me to your podcast. It was very. It was, I really enjoyed it, and we can't wait to host you at Americade. I think you're going to have a blast, mm-hmm. and I think we're going to really enjoy having you here because I, I I just know it's going to work well. And <laughs> I, I can and see you having a good time. I just have
0: one favor to ask you when I'm mm-hmm. there.
7: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, can you can you get me an interview with your dad?
7: oh yeah
0: me? <laughs> everyone tells me you gotta talk to bill well and your it's mom too fun. apparently yeah, she's a real really character come too. from funny
7: stock <laughs> <laughs> nice
0: yeah i love that but you know I, and i'm so envious that you got to grow up with this and it's so funny that uh you know you rebelled and went away and got your own career at first it's like we all dream like oh i wish I could grow up like this. But you know what? You're here now. You've, you've taken the reins and you're making it even better. So I'm looking forward to any of our misfits who want to come out and say hi. Please. Um, Please come on out. Yeah, come on out We've and say hi. we got plenty of misfits on the East Coast. Yeah, we do. And I can't wait to test ride some bikes. That sounds fun. Mm-hmm. Real fun. I You've know. got a few for you. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. You know what surprisingly a bike that I test rode that I liked that I didn't think I would? The Nikon. Really? The Yamaha Niken. Well, once Have you, you tried that one, Christian?
7: Uh no, but the last uh mm-hmm. like in 2019 at the end of America, I was utterly exhausted as i am at the end of every americade Mm -hmm. and i laid down and pretended to take a nap between the front wheels of a nicket. made for a good good photo and it was kind of a nice spot to lay down for a while but
1: i think once you get over how goofy they look there's a lot to like about Uh, the Nicket. well and that's the one thing i love about
0: events like this where you can do test rides. And and like, John, you tried a Triumph that you thought you were going to love that you didn't love so much. Mm -hmm. And I've tried bikes I didn't think I would love that I did love. So that's something that's a really a great service. Uh, So I'd say like, hey, if you're in the area, come on out. Uh, to americade try some bikes uh take a cruise watch some fireworks and and find me i'll be running around crazy and we
7: are the candy store and you are the kid
0: and you can look for christian (laughs) will be trying to take a nap somewhere (laughs) well christian thank you so much for coming on um everyone go to americade check it out i know there's a lot of people who probably know about it and are like you idiot this has been a great event we've been going to for years (laughs) i know But hey, it's over there, as
7: I said. That's right. It's it's because you live over. You live there. You live there.
0: Well, we need to get you over here sometime. Sounds good. Come come ride the Pacific Coast Highway. I'll let you ride my KLR. Nice, yeah.
1: (laughs) Nice hat, Christian. Thank (laughs) you.
0: Awesome. Well, we'll let you go. I know it's late there. Thanks so much, and I'm going to be seeing you soon.
7: Thank you very much. All right. All
0: right. Have a good one. Thank you. Bye, everybody.
7: Take care.
0: All right, you guys. I'm so excited about going to this event. Yeah. Well, it, it does be. seem that really cool like a blast. and that's it funny. seems like he really does align with all the things that i love and it's that you know it, what well, it's it is motorbikes. it's the passion right it's the passion comes through and that's the thing i love it's it's not about you know what's cool it's about the the, the love yeah. well you know another thing that i love i love brakes do you i do it's a lot to love i love breaks as much as i love giving money away oh yeah i wanted to just give that update i gave all the, the money away remember the thousand bucks did you really i, I did i sent Ooh, it woo. out to everyone last week um clay nice. from first rides posted a nice big thanks to the misfits um so yeah just a reminder big thanks to all of our patreon That's subscribers because awesome. we were able to pass it on um but I want to go back to breaks now. You know, when we're sitting around the shop just talking, shooting the shit, Patrick, we were talking about all sorts of stuff today. All out kinds there, of stuff, right? yeah. Um, you know, uh, oh, and we'll get to, I think, European bikes, <laughs> do or don't.
5: Um, Depends on where you're at in your riding career. They yeah, yeah. I, know,
0: I know, I know, <laughs> I know. But this is one of the kind of conversations because we had, you know, um, yeah, an Aprilia... KTM, I got KTM, we had a BMW, and we all kind of know what we're getting into. But another thing that I I was watching when Ellie was uh, changing her brakes, and it got me thinking, as I often do, I was looking at the brakes, and I'm like, you know, I realize you have a wide variety of brakes, and I don't know how many people look at their brakes. I mean, Patrick, do you know how many pistons are on your front caliper on your super duke I'm
5: gonna guess three to be honest I haven't looked looked because I've never had to take the brakes apart on that bike my KLR I know is a single piston and I hate it because it is a single piston
0: so it got me yeah I, I think a lot of people don't really look and just take for granted you know what kind of brakes they have and it got me thinking about you got single piston, twin piston, three piston, four piston piston uh, in line, four piston opposed all the way up to the most i've ever seen on like performance machine like replacement brakes is like six i think. Is
1: that the most you've seen pistons on one caliper? No, say
0: night. It
1: no, but it that is super rare. That's like Prototype stuff. Yeah, generally six. Six isn't as common as you think. I mean, most Rexes have got six piston developers.
0: Really? Yeah, um, and you get ones that have maybe two or three on one side, and then just a floating pad on the other. But yeah. then you get opposing uh, pistons. And so I wanted to ask you, Emma, your opinion, because I never really, you know, went on a right. deep dive on this. Right? Why? Why are there why? so many varieties? And Tell what me why? is the what is the decision making factor? Oh god, there's so much. It's like yeah. picking your favorite and, and, child. And then we'll get into drum brakes, but for
1: starters, <laughs> let's just oh talk no, about so calipers. We're, we're just talking about calipers. For now, let's talk about calipers. Okay. Um so I have a question for you. Okay. A very very simple question. Okay. Which came first, the disc brake or the drum brake? Ooh, on cars? Doesn't matter. Which came first, the disc uh, or the drum?
0: In, I'll go ahead and take the bait, because I assume, like like most people probably do, that it's drum.
1: No. Disc brakes really? predate yes. them.
0: Oh. Ah. But not pneumatic, right? It's a
1: cable-actuated disc brake. Surely you mean hydraulic. Hydraulic. Sorry, not pneumatic. Yeah,
0: hydraulic. Ah, cable-actuated.
1: Pneumatic brakes are a thing.
0: But for what came first? Cable-actuated. Okay. Mechanical operation. Yeah, okay. Now... What about the
1: Flintstones brakes? Yes, with the feet. (laughs) Yes. With the foot sole. I think that came first. That predated everything, the foot (laughs) sole
6: brake. And and leather straps and
0: wooden wheels.
6: Yes,
1: exactly. (laughs) And mechanical brakes are still common on motorcycles today.
0: So mechanical meaning not um, hydraulic, just cable actuated. As
1: you Americans insist on calling them. Juice breaks. Juice breaks. Never heard that. Never heard that. No, no that. juice breaks be basically means hydraulic. Mm. Mm. I thought, I thought that's hydraulic.
0: when the weightlifter needs to take a <laughs>
1: break and roid <and> re- <laughs> up. Juice break. <laughs> 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 um, so, let's talk about disc brakes. So, yeah. um, a disc brake is exactly what it sounds like. A disc is a rotational plate Mm -hmm. bolted to the wheel Mm -hmm. either directly or indirectly that may mean that it's a single piece bolted to the wheel or it's fully floating which basically means you have a spider that's bolted to the wheel and then the disc is suspended off that and there's various reasons Mm -hmm. for doing that which i'll get into but the, the 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 plate the disc rotates and then the caliper by means of one piston, two piston, three piston, whatever amount of pistons, grip the pads, which are made of a high friction material, against the disc, and then you achieve stopping power. So um, for motorcycles, there was this massive shift in, gosh, I want to say 1972, 73, where suddenly everything got disc brakes, certainly on the front, and it was like overnight. Um, and it was very much a case of it was born out of performance because drum brakes had pretty much done everything that they could do, um, and there's reason for that. Well, didn't World War II fighter planes have disc brakes? Oh, yeah, they had mm-hmm. anti-lock brakes mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: And can we take, is it a quick sidebar to talk about ceramic versus semi metallic versus it's all boils... organic
1: you can talk about whatever you want but the answer is exactly the same yeah friction okay. now friction what is a byproduct of friction what is a by- heat, ooh, ooh, heat. Ooh, ooh, ooh. yes heat. he said it there you go said it heat when your knees are rubbing on the rug they're getting warm <laughs> mm-hmm It's heat. I'm sorry, which scenario are my knees rubbing (laughs) on
4: the rug? When you're washing,
1: no, when you're washing the cat. uh, When you're you're scrubbing the cat. When you're looking for
3: that last little bit of crack. (laughs) Is that what they're calling it these days? (laughs) Yes.
1: Um, No, friction and heat are very, very happy fellows. So, what you have to do when you're designing a braking system... You want it to have a a high amount of friction because that's what stops you. However, you want to make sure that it doesn't generate an excessive amount of heat or if it does, that the heat is dissipated Mm -hmm. away from the pistons in the caliper.
0: So would that be an advantage over cable actuated brakes that if it does overheat, it's not going to...
1: Boil the fluid.
4: That's a good point.
1: Well, cable-operated brakes have been tried in the past, Mm -hmm. and for whatever
5: reason, they're not the happiest thing. Yeah, Um, I think a lot of it with hydraulics. Hydraulic is it's a force multiplier. Yes, exactly. A very small input, you get a lot of force output, and that's
1: the key. And Japan knows this as do. Brembo or any of the other European brake manufacturers, Arte, who does all this stuff for BMWs. And they'll tweak the size of the piston to give you that force multiplication. Now, brake fluid is very, very interesting stuff. It's non-compressible. It's not at all squishy. Yeah. You know, if you were to think of a scenario where you could have um, a vessel that's made of engine oil and you could put it in a hydraulic press, it'd be quite squishy. Whereas brake fluid, you can't squish it at all, which is why they like it for brakes. So when you you clamp on the lever, it does everything it should. And as you said, a very, very small piston in the master cylinder, which is about the size of your pinky, is the piston in the master cylinder, Hmm. is operating four pistons that are each
5: the size
1: of quarters. Hmm. Yeah, I've never figured out that math.
5: Yeah, there's there's a lot of math that goes into it. Yeah. There is a lot of
1: math, but the easiest way to, to think about it is a millimeter at the lever, you just need the most fractional amount of movement at the caliper. Mm-hmm. You literally just need to push the pistons from where they're kissing the disc to actually clamping it. The amount of movement is tiny, absolutely mm-hmm. tiny. So it doesn't
0: matter how, much, how many pistons you have. I guess it's... Um, the same as an engine. It doesn't matter how many pistons. It's how many CCs that the that that it's occupying, right? Right. Exactly. For how much liquid Which, needs to be displaced? Right. Exactly.
1: Okay. And so it's not just the size of the piston it's the actual area behind it as well. Mm -hmm. However, you don't want too large an area behind it because then you'd end up with a very, very poor-feeling piston. Conversely, you don't want too small an area behind it because if you do, that will be subject to more heat transfer and you could boil the fluid. And if you boil brake fluid, it's very, very scary.
0: So I'm curious. I've never seen this, but I think it would be an interesting thing if you could find out how many cc's your bike is in the calipers. So if we took, if you just, best guess, his super duke, how many cc's do you think he has each caliper? Are we talking about oh, like... Oh, God, uh, I've
1: never thought of it.
0: I know. I'm like, yeah, are we talking about know, yeah. 15 cc's?
5: Yeah. Yeah, know. you know. It, 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 I, you'd have to sit there and measure. I, or well, or you know, from the milliliters But
0: that is something. that's like you want to have mm. the right.
1: most... Well, no, it'd be an easy enough calculation mm, to yeah. make because I that's what, interesting. what? I mean, but what are you what are you actually talking about? The amount of fluid that's contained within them, or the amount of movement when you honk on the brake lever?
0: Well, I guess the capacity of the the cylinders. Well, that, that would be a, that
1: that'd be right? an easy enough. So
0: I'm saying, like, if you're like, oh yeah, I got the the new model; it now has 22 cc brakes. You know what I mean? Yeah, right. Like that. I'm just. Interesting. Well, there, so nobody really. change the
1: caliber size. I, would, it's something
0: uh, that people don't really tout or talk about. I mean, yes, sometimes. Right. You well, you can, like, no, you can work it out right
1: now. If you've got a 30-millimeter yeah. piston, let's say you've got a 30-millimeter piston. Do the math, Bagel. So how do you work out <laughs> the um, area of a triangle? It's pi r squared, right? Well, it's pi,
6: yeah, pi r squared.
1: So pi r squared, so or it's um, 15 times 15 times 3.142.
4: Oh, it's going to be bigger than that. I remember when Well, we, no,
1: hang on, because we haven't got into the depth
4: yet. Yeah, yeah I'm a history major.
0: But I, I remember when out, <laughs> in the, out in the garage one day when we tested <laughs> all the guys, um, how many cc's they were packing in their pants. Oh, God <laughs>
1: almighty.
0: <laughs> um, if I go by that, it should be similar pistons right, right? Uh, well but like it's that. more of a push thing <laughs> squeeze, but though <laughs> like,
6: but. like like Emma was saying though it's it's not just about the size of the area behind the pistons it, <laughs> it has to that? do with well it, it, has, it has also has to do with with how much um how much fluid is being uh, provided by the caliper that you're using because that mm. the the caliper has to be or not the caliper the, uh, master, the master cylinder, cylinder has to be balanced with the caliper, right? So that y- you you're putting the right amount of fluid for that volume that's right. inside of those, yes. those cylinders.
1: And it's a it's a very very, um, it's a very precise calculation made by people who are far cleverer than I am. Manufacturers quite often get it wrong. Early Norton Commandos had the most appalling brakes. Anybody who's ridden a Norton Commando with early disc brakes will know how terrifying they are the bloody things they the bike speeds up when you pull the brakes on <laughs> and it was a simple it was a miscalculation in the diameter of the piston in the master cylinder and generally the rule of mm-hmm. thumb with norton's is you go smaller it gets a smaller piston if you go down smaller then you'll get a better brake but norton commander brakes are just woeful um, none of the early brakes were really that good. A lot of it was down to the manufacturer's insistence of using stainless steel brakes because they didn't want them going rusty overnight. You know, in your car, mm. after a rain shower, you can look in the holes in the wheel, you can look in the holes, and you can see your brakes have gone rusty overnight. Yeah. But that doesn't really cut it on a bike because it looks yep. ugly. Yeah. So they said, oh, yeah, let's use stainless steel. And back in the early 70s, they were still trying to figure out the best kind of stainless steel to use. They've gotten better at it now. So, you know, if you g- hopped on your 1973 Suzuki GT550 with a first year disc brake, you think, oh, this is a great brake. And then it rained. And you pulled on the front brake. And you're like, oh god, where's my brake on? <laughs> but it worked out well because the tires were so bad. <laughs> you didn't want decent brakes because if you'd have braked, your know, your tires would have just washed out, and you'd have thrown the bike away. All
0: right, I have another sideboard Great. question. Yes, because <clears throat> I want I want to get back to the the pistons, but first I want to talk about the fluid. Yes. <clears throat> first, you. I got to sneeze. Bless you. All right. So we know that we have dot three, four, and five. Yes. Tell me about dot one and
1: two. Dot one and (laughs) two. Well, dot one. um, She was a lovely lady. (laughs) She used to make the tea at the factory at the uh, where they made the brake fluid. No, I mean it's. um, Was there a one and a two or something? I mean, yes, (laughs) but it wasn't called that. It was just you know dot brake fluid. It's called like mink oil or something. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So. Basically, brake fluid, You, if we went back mm. to the 1960s, or indeed the late 50s, you just buy brake fluid. Right. And it'd be similar to the stuff we've got now. In some cases, the
0: same thing as hydraulic fluid.
1: Right, mm-hmm. exactly. But you go, as you go on... And the stuff is developed. And developing a fluid involves changing the chemical properties so it's more resistant to heat. So it's more. That than, heat that keeps coming back. It keeps coming back. Because so that's a byproduct of breaking. Um, you. It, an industry standard is formed. And when you have an industry standard and things are made to yeah. an industry standard, they say, okay, that's the bar.
0: And the difference between three, four, and five is mostly the well, heat you range?
1: About, you forgot about 600.
0: Oh, God. Okay. So, But it's mostly, uh, the biggest difference is heat range?
1: Um, Longevity. Between okay. three and four mm-hmm. is longevity. 600 is about heat range. And dot five is something different completely, and we'll come to that.
4: And you got a question? Yeah, um, just from... Based off of what I'm hearing, it sounds like in the before times uh, the liquid was a lot more universal. But because technology has progressed, things became a lot more sensitive, and that's why we've had to develop.
0: Well, vehicles go faster,
4: right? Right,
1: and, and so we expect
4: a great deal more of them. Yeah. Um, if you think about
1: oil, if you if we got into our time machine and we went back to a garage. Because there weren't any places like yeah. O'Reilly's or stuff like that that we'd know mm-hmm. about. You'd buy oil or brake fluid from a gas station. Oh, yeah. And you'd like, I'd like some, en- I'd like some engine oil, please. And that's all they needed to know. And they'd give you oh. a can. And you'd put the top on the can like a Coke can and pour it in your hey, engine. There's that was one th- it.
0: One thing I learned from Steve Martin is stay away from the oil cans.
1: Right. they hate-, cans hate me. <laughs> these <oil laughs> cans. <laughs> but that's how it was because... Cars weren't as sophisticated Alright You know I changed the oil On Cathy's Honda Fit mm-hmm. The Honda Fit Do you know that takes OW20
5: Yeah o- That's common OW20 Tacoma Used the same thing Yeah so does mine
1: You uh. might as well Wee in it It is <laughs> that thin it really
5: is. It's like sewing machine oil. And the, the reason they do that is because the tolerances are so tight in modern engines, they right. need it to get into those tiny oh, spots. Exactly. Interesting. So
1: there's no point in saying, oh, put 1040 in it, it'll be better. It will not be better, it'll be considerably worse. It'll go clackada, clackada, clackada until the oil gets out of bed. Anyway, we're talking about brakes.
0: Let's go back to pistons. So yes. I believe, yes. uh, and, and you can you know, expound on this. Bikes come in many different um, engine sizes with different pistons. One, two, three, four. We'll just say one, two, three, four for now. Same with the brakes. Yes. So which is the best? The industry
1: standard. And
0: and why the range?
1: Okay. The industry standard right now, Mm -hmm. if you go out and buy yourself a high-performance sport bike, Mm you are going to end up with a pair of 320-millimeter rotors on the front, which are quite sophisticated. They're going to be uh, fully floating. They're probably going to be wave rotors. They're going to be slotted. They're going to be drilled. There's going to be all kinds of pattern in them. And that's for heat dissipation, Mm -hmm. water dissipation, whatever. But you are going to have what are called monoblock calipers. And what a monoblock caliper is... It is cast from a single piece of aluminium. A single piece, and then it's going to have four pistons. It's going to have two pistons on the left, two pistons on the right. Okay. They are quite complicated to machine.
0: So isn't that interesting that I think four-cylinder motorcycle engines are yes. quite common and four-cylinder caliper No it's a,
1: Well, but it's not. It's eight-cylinders. Okay, got, but four and a four. caliper, yeah, and
0: it so, so, seems to be the magic number. So, how does we know how uh, engine pistons change? How it feels different? Yes, uh, you know, John, if you had to describe the difference between a one-cylinder and four-cylinder, how would you describe the difference?
3: A uh, lot more horsepower in a four-cylinder, a lot more torque on the on the single right. Cylinder. So, right. so let's
1: let's think of a scenario where we Liza brings back. Atlas one twenty five, or you bring back an Atlas one twenty five from Stumper Dan. Yes, and then we take the brakes from a Gixxer one thousand and bolt them on the front mm-hmm. of the Atlas Honda. You loop it. Well, also well, there's <laughs> one scenario that you do it. Do you think the wheel would collapse? No. Oh. Do you oh. think the forks would collapse? Yeah, right. It's too much. <clears throat> right. So it's exactly the same way with brakes. The industry standard mm. is not necessarily the standard you'd want on a middleweight. So it's not just that they're cheaping out. You have oh, to no, no, match. no, 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 no. You the f- stopping power right to now okay. let's go to our friend the KLR650 okay
0: the true cockroach of
5: motorcycling
0: I, I'm yet oh what see I don't even know break. Is, gen, it one, is it gen a
5: twin is it a twin gen 1 is a single piston and the gen 2 and 3 are twin twin
1: pistons piston. yeah okay but nevertheless, when you say twin piston, it's twin pistons on one side with a sliding Slide caliper. on, yeah. right. on the yes. other. Nothing wrong with that. The automotive industry have been using that for years. Mm-hmm. And they're much simpler to make, too. Right. How Because you cast it as a horseshoe shape, mm-hmm. and then the line borer comes in from the back, <laughs> takes out the piston holes, cuts the grooves for the seals. It's a cheaper manufacturer. Mm. However, I put it to you that that brake is perfect on that bike. Hmm. Now, let's go up a bit in power. And I know it's a, we'll go back down a bit in a while, but we'll go up a bit in power to the Versus 650. Okay. Twin twin discs on the front, yep. but they're smaller, the 300 millimeter. Mm-hmm. So less swept area. Also, it hasn't got the monoblocks on it. Again, it's got sliding calipers slightly less powerful but there's something else quirky it's got different sized pistons it's got a big and a little wait what yes and the reason it's got a big and a little it's a very progressive brake you think about the way the liquid moves you pull on the you pull on the lever Mm -hmm. you pull on the lever and fluid goes down the lines into the calipers and it starts filling the chambers now if you're pushing x amount of fluid do you think the smaller chamber is going to move first or the larger chamber smaller right i got it right that time (laughs) what you're going to end up with is you're going to end up with a very progressive break because as you pull it out the smaller pistons are going to start moving first and we're talking microscopic distances here but it's just going to put a nice lead on the brakes and then you continue to break and the big pistons are going to come in it's almost like um a carburetor on an old american car where you had the primaries right. and the mm-hmm. secondaries right you drive on the primaries and then some clown pulls up next to you in his thunderbird and flips you the but you know and you're like Urgh! secondaries kick in off you go so it's the same those old american carburetors they're tiny little primaries the size of quarters And if you're really lucky, like I was with my Jensen Interceptor, you know, you had these big secondaries that were the size of buckets. And when those bad boys opened, you got pushed back in the seat. So it's the same with the brakes. The primaries start braking. It's very, very nice. You can control it easy. Because manufacturers, it's not just enough to stop your bike. It's the human element. You're introducing the human element. You have to... Use your hand now. A lot of well, people also, put fingertip controls on their bikes. I hate fingertip controls, I think they're the instrument of the devil. <laughs> you need a good long lever that you can modulate. It's all about modulating the brake. Sorry, bagel,
6: right? No, that's, that's fine. It's, it's it's not just about stopping, though, it's about control, because right? And that's exactly so many yeah. times. Right. When you use your brakes to slow you down a certain amount so that you're the right speed and you need to be able to have that fine degree to be able to slow down the right amount at the right time Uh, and and to be able to rely on your brakes to do and respond uh, the way that you expect them to.
1: Right. So let's Mm. so we've already talked about the heavyweight superbikes. I'm not going to get into six-piston calipers. I mean, the unpopular opinion here, and I will own this, six-piston calipers are kind of a novelty. Is it overkill? Um, I had them on my chopper. Yeah, well, that's (laughs) that's an old. But a Z-Rex is a high-performance bike. It does not need six-piston calipers. But they look burly. They look muscular. It's kind of like the Dodge Charger of brakes. Yeah. Yeah. a, a monoblock four piston is the state of the art right now. So, can I ask you about? Let's talk about
3: discs. So, just going back, thinking through, yes. yeah, the early discs that you talked about on the Norton's, and then they grew, and then we had floating calipers yes, and discs for yeah, yeah, different, yeah, yeah. and then you had the Buell setup, which was sort of around the outside of the rim. Novelty. That's a novelty. Was there any?
0: It looked cool to me. Yeah, it did look it cool, cool, but cool was there
3: though. any? I think they claimed at the time it was a better setup or well, a better, better
0: leverage that's I mean, what it claimed yeah I mean, if you think if you
1: think about the way discs are set up the more the larger the disk is theoretically the more braking you've got the more control you've got more cooling maybe too perhaps more cooling however yeah my argument to that is how many Bikes, do you see with that brake set up? None, since the left. Well, so that I mean, you if
0: you have a wheel on anything, <laughs> well, a steering wheel, the smaller it is, the more pressure well, it'll take to turn that wheel. The wider this, it is, less. You well, get this. It,
6: it, it doesn't matter because, in, because whether you're your brake rotor is attached at the center of the wheel or the outside. It's the same amount of force. The the only difference really is that if you have any flex in the wheel itself rotationally, Mm, you might have less of that when you have the brake rotor on the outside. But I I think that's really negligible. Personally, personally, I think the only advantage is that it's going to give you better heat dissipation because there's just more surface area on a rotor that's that big going around the outside. The
1: difference between... Often the vision- difference between a visionary and somebody who's babbling from the sickbed bed, <laughs> it's, it's a very fine line. And don't get me wrong, we've had Eric Buell on this show, and mm-hmm. I think he's an amazing yeah. engineer. But if you come up with a design that you feel is so superior to everybody else's, and you were the only one who ever adopted it, you know, I mean, there's merit to it, but whether it was such a ground-shaking design...
3: And it's been ten years. If it yeah. was that groundbreaking, it probably would have came back around. Since so. la la. Yeah. All right.
1: I got a
0: question for you. Yes, because <clears throat> there are bikes that I look at and I go, well, they cheaped out on the brakes, right? Uh, you know, there are some like Honda Shadows you'll see that has a single disc front and then a drum rear. So I'm going to use for an example two almost uh, identical bikes that yes. have different brake options. Okay, CB750K and a CB750F.
1: Oh, very different market. So
0: the K has single front disc and a, sing, drum rear. a drum rear. And the F has
1: twin discs on the front
0: and disc, disc rear. rear. So to me, that says MoBeta. You're yep. getting the sportier model that goes <coughs> faster. Therefore, you need to stop better. So why would they offer a drum on one? Why, when they, why wouldn't they put the discs on all of them?
1: Nothing wrong with the drum wait what there's nothing wrong with drum brakes at all
0: uh we went back to
1: heat displacement was the biggest heat dissipation so yeah. the the elephant in the room with any dis uh, with any brake setup, whether it's a disc or a mm-hmm. drum, is heat dissipation, and the one thing drums don't do particularly well is dissipate heat. Now, there's a lot of things that have been tried over the years. If you look up a racing drum brake from mm-hmm. the, really the mid-60s to the late 60s, I mean, there were some glorious creations coming out of England. Uh, I suggest everyone looks up a Fontana eight-leading shoe front brake. It's an amazing thing. Um, and it's all about getting the heat out. However... This is the important thing. We're not talking about front brakes. We're talking about rear brakes. And the rear brake on a bike offers a very, very different function to the front. And on a touring-style bike like the Uh CB750K, a drum brake will provide cost-effective, reliable, all-weather stopping. So it's cheaper you could argue it's cheaper.
0: I mean, that's why I assume that they cheap out on certain models of bikes. And they, yeah, that's pretty cool looking brakes. Some of the older drum brakes with all the did you, did you scoops
1: find f- and drill and yep. holes
0: and everything are yeah. beautiful. Oh,
1: yeah. No, that's uh, Serriani. You want to look up a Fontana. So,
0: so on those two bikes, though, um, to me, I assume that it was an expense.
1: It can be. And, why, and it,
0: why would they put two on the front of the F and only one on?
1: Well, the, the F was undeniably a sportier <laughs> bike. And the when the F came out, mm-hmm. um, and I presume we're talking about the 79 F. Sure. Not, yeah. not the 76 Yeah, F. and can,
0: we can assume the two bikes are close in,
1: in weight. Right. Right. But it is, it's a very, very different market. Also, you've got to factor in the heritage of the bike. Mm-hmm. The 750K was a more traditional bike that went back to the very early days of the Honda 750. So, really, it was the cultural successor to the 750 of 1969. Hence, it had four pipes. Hence, it had spoke wheels. Mm -hmm. Hence, it had a single disc at the front and a drum at the bike, just like the original. Hence, it had lots of chrome, blah, 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 blah. The F was part of a range of which... The CBX was the flagship. The 900 was the next in line. Then there was the 750. And they wanted, because it's Honda, they wanted this very, very strong corporate image between all of them. It's called Euro styling. Mm -hmm. And so they did this Euro styling where the tank is really a coffin-shaped tank blends into the side panels and it just got this crazy ducktail on the back they all did even going back to the twin cylinder bikes the 400s and the 250s and the the hawks and the dreams so there's image involved there's the sporting nature of the bike um
0: i've always felt that there's a lot of cruisers that are underpowered i I can't believe how many cruisers have single discs front but that's all they need but so, and maybe as you're saying, that's all that the front end can handle. If you,
1: well, yeah, I mean, you're talking about a bike with a heavy rake.
0: So you got to build up bigger forks to be able to handle it, right? Okay, and bit better
1: suspension. But I tell you what. So let's let's talk about our friend the Bonneville. Okay, the new gen Bonneville introduced in 2001, single disc. Right, hmm. almost throughout its life, single disc. All right, so I want to put this to rest. Even the Thruxy had a the the Bonneville had a three ten, the Thruxy had a three twenty, but it's single disc. Hmm. All right, so I want to,
0: I want to put this to rest. I have always been under the assumption, based upon the the K and the F models, yes, that more discs was better. But you're saying not necessarily, and well, so it's, it just depends into on the definition bike. of. Better. No, this yeah. Well, this is just a uh, impression I had. But you're saying no, not necessary. It doesn't not, mean that they're cutting corners. No,
1: they're they're thinking about a lot okay. of factors about marketing, how the bike's going to be used, how the bike looks, how the bike performs. There are so many things. Okay, it's no secret that the Atlas Honda, going back to Stumperstan, has drum brakes. Hmm. It's an,
0: um. Now I'm trying to remember.
1: I know at least one of them does. And it's not entirely cost-related. It's an all-weather brake. It performs think. exactly the same, whether it's wet or dry. They and, are,
6: And also much easier to maintain.
1: They're easier to maintain. They're easier to adjust. They suffer trauma a lot better. Mm. If you hit a rock with a rotor, yeah. especially a lightweight one, you can basically destroy the rotor, mm. and you ain't going anywhere. Now you-
0: so, I got news for you, lady. The bikes that we ride, that John will be yes. riding
1: in just a couple days, are
0: disc brakes. Front and rear? I'm bringing the picture up. Um, disc front, for sure. I can't remember on the rear.
1: And I think, you know, that that's probably just more of a... Are you, it's
3: like a drum. Yeah, and, it's got to be a drum on the back. Yeah, so it might be a drum. What
1: is the current,
3: like... Bleeding edge of brake technology, like on MotoGP bikes, and what what do you think from there will come down into the well? Moto,
1: well MotoGP bikes are, uh, or even I mean, World Superbikes, yeah. World Superbikes. I mean, we're back to the same. We're back to twin three twenties monoblocks. It's not changed. Not changed because that's where it's at. It's carbon fiber part of it. Then oh yeah, yeah yeah yeah, but it boils down to exactly Is that the same thing. <laughs> you change materials, you change. It's all about heat dissipation. Mm. Carbon fiber will never be a great material to use for the street. Because mm. brittle, right? Right. Yeah. It's fragile. It's brittle. Mm. It needs enormous maintenance. It's the cost of maintaining a GP bike. It's simply not practical for people. But the knowledge that they gain from heat dissipation really pays mm. dividends. But um, it looks like we've reached the end of it.
0: Oh, I have, no, I have one more question. Oh, uh, Yeah, I need to wrap this up, but I have one more question. If somebody wants to make a upgrade to their brakes,
1: what's the best thing they can do? That's so I'll tell you what. Again, materials are chosen by people who are far cleverer than I. And I had a customer, and it's very, very timely you ask this. I had a customer come in with a ZX6 636, mm-hmm. 2020. And he had um, been braking very, very heavily. And the brake had been splashed with some ice-cold water from a puddle. And it warped <clears> it. <throat> oh, And yeah. so now his brake's pulsing. This is quite a young bike. And he said, well, look, rather than just buy the Kawasaki one, let's do an upgrade. So I bought him a pair of braking rotors and matching pads.
0: So, I mean, that's a common thing, especially in performance bikes. Right. Upgrading the rotors to wavy so, rotors Is or it something. worth going
3: to a braided line <clears throat> over a rubber line? No, they came with them. Oh, they came? With, oh, but, but uh, for, for an upgrade. For upgrade.
0: Yes. So, uh, so I'm, yeah, I'm going to add to that. So switching to better rotors makes I, a difference oh
1: god oh. okay Literally, you would not believe the difference mm. Oh okay if your bike's got rubber lines you can change to stainless steel but now it ain't for the faint of heart because two braking rotors and a full set of pads it's nearly a thousand dollars in parts oh, wow. so but the braking was like nothing you've experienced
0: i'm going to add one more thing to that list because, like, Ellie herself changed out her brake pads today. Yes. And I added, you should probably drain and replace your fluid. I'm, I'm going to say that's probably the number one thing that most people don't do. That's right. Because yeah. we know that it degrades. It's, it's hygroscopic. It's,
1: it's
5: hygroscopic.
1: Yeah, it's hygroscopic. It's pulling the so, moisture out of the atmosphere. And
0: so it's losing
5: efficiency. The other thing you see with a lot of sport bikes, they have the clear... Um, <clears throat> Reservoir yeah. on the top of the bar, mm. and the, the UV light degrades it much faster too. Ah. Oh, absolutely! So you can you can see right away, like if like you you, you change to a new fluid, and it's kind of that clear, or slightly off yellow. Within right. a matter of months, it starts getting this dark brown, and it's, and like, it's time to get new fluid in there. So let's already. call that a
0: misfit's top tip. The best thing to do to upgrade your brakes is probably the, the most affordable. Just right, flush, your flush your fluid. fluid. Flush
5: it out every well. year.
1: Every. Yeah, why not? Yeah. Ooh, I was
4: yeah. under the impression that just like an automobile, there were certain <laughs> times where it was not needed. Is that false?
1: Oh, no! There's so many varying factors, particularly on a okay. bike. Yeah, yeah, yeah
6: and I, I think I think a general rule is every two years is recommended. Oh, I'm um, way behind.
3: Um, but, yeah, <laughs> but
5: don't tell Jorgen.
6: But you know, depending, <laughs> depending on your oh, your sorry. riding your uh, riding particulars, you know. Adjust as needed. And
5: I've I've seen one thing about Fluid. Like, my KLR is a Gen 1. I think it recommends, like, Dot 3 Mm -hmm. at a minimum. But... Most people, they'll even upgrade to, I think, dot four. Right. But you got to be careful with that because when you get into like dot five, it's a different chemical composition. So well, you'll eat your seals. I, I
1: briefly wanted to talk r- about
5: r- dot five Just because dot
1: f- five is different stuff. Okay. It's silicon. Mm-hmm. It doesn't eat your paintwork. It is entirely non compatible with dot three and dot four. Right. Dot three and dot four, you can mix. Mm-hmm. Dot five. Anyone can put dot five in their system, but you have to remove every trace of dot three or four first. I'm not talking about just in the master cylinder, I'm talking about in the lines, in the caliper. You have to start with a brand new uh-huh. virgin system. And it's it's not as viscous, so the pedal is now nowhere near as good. Well, so there you what's go. the benefit I've... of that then? It's not gonna eat your paintwork if oh. it dribbles out. Mm-hmm. That's why Harleys love dot five. So-
0: I'm just going to make the recommendation yeah. to all of our listeners. Hey, it's it's well, summer's here. It's not spring anymore, but maybe you should add this to your list of yeah. things to do: is change out your fluid. And I'm just reminding myself. And this all comes around from Bjorn reminding me all the things I'd been neglecting on my bike, and it just made me think, like, what are the other things I really should catch up on? And I think brake fluid is one of the most common things that people don't think to do. Mm-hmm. There you go. But we'll. Yield better results.
1: Yes. Yield. And yield. blinker fluid.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: Gotta change your blinker fluid um, while you're in there.
0: Um, real quick, I wanted to, you know, give Stumpy John a send off. He's leaving yep. tomorrow.
1: Yeah. Uh, what
0: time do you
3: leave, John? Nine <clears> thirty PM. Oh, that's not bad. No, it's good.
0: And he's gonna to go to Pakistan. Look, bagel. He's like, We're 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 making another one.
3: <laughs> nice yeah try,
6: try to get as many z's on the flight as you can
3: yeah i'm gonna oh, yeah. try and we're gonna have to so we're flying into islamabad actually most people are there and we're going over together to uh to lahore uh, but uh there's two of us cool. myself and one other guy who are the last ones arriving but
6: it is what it is so are you, are you starting the ride from lahore
3: we're going to lahore for a few days and then coming back to islamabad and i think we're starting from islamabad Ah. Oh. Fantastic. Okay,
2: that's
0: cool. So nice. Um, and, and, nice. And you've been kind of struggling with the packing, and this is always hard yeah, figuring up. out how to packing. Um, as Bagel knows, yeah. it can be extremely hot there and extremely cold, yep. not just in the same day, but within like an yeah. hour of one another. Yeah. Because you're going so. up mountains and down into valleys.
1: My My recommendation, <clears throat> John, you're going to be eating a lot of curry. Yes. So <laughs> asbestos <laughs> underwear <laughs> is the key. Yes. A lot of asbestos in the underwear. I think my other nickname is Hot Hotshot so
3: this may yes, not be exactly. <laughs> you'll
0: be living up to, to your group. name, darling. John, you talked about taking your your vented pants, which yeah. would be great on most of it, but yeah. on the days that you're going up and over the passes
1: get chilly
0: you're gonna yep. get chilly you need to have an outer layer to put on right if you can yeah. cut the wind
3: yeah i have a i have a rain suit i'm bringing also. he's
1: gonna that, be cutting you the know wind what all right that might that
0: might be the trick that <laughs> you need that might be the trick is, i also i could also
3: throw jeans underneath them if i need to yeah. they, they the, go over the right other
0: now. thing i recommend what i wear is i wear a base layer on those days because it's not too hot yeah when you're uh okay. in in the hot area um oh something's happened what, what happened there why did oh
6: it's lost the zoom feed? Yeah, at the our clip. camera,
0: our camera went off. Oh. Um,
4: huh.
0: oh, Emma, did you did you kick something? She no. did. You did. You unplugged something. <laughs> I can't have one Let me have a look. You know, this entire <laughs> time
4: did. I've been trying to figure out where the camera is because it's, right it's, right it's right there. that's where yeah. the camera. That's is? the camera. Yeah. Oh there wow! Because I've been like aiming my elbow yeah, yeah, to it see it if I could find the camera. That
1: should be back now. Is it? It will.
0: It will. One turn back. So, um, hey, I'm so excited for you. Yeah, I can't wait. Yeah, just take an outer layer. I think it would be fresh yeah. Dress like an
1: onion. Lots yeah. of layers. Yes, yeah. exactly. Um, I have other news. Oh, what's that? Um, well, last week, of course, we um, attended the wedding of Justin and Kivrin. Yes. Cat. Meow, oh. meow. Well, um, this week
0: yes. is
1: the last week that Charlie and Micah will be able to call themselves single. Yeah.
0: I don't think they've called no. themselves single. No, I mean, it's largely <laughs> a formality at yeah,
1: this, this point. Yeah. Um, but Legally, yeah. the misfits are getting married. So um, I know, our kids are going to really have married. little yeah. baby misfits running around. Yeah, here I seeing. know. Our I, I misfits growing we up. We do. Uh, me, me and Megan has provided put, us some kids. Appreciate it. Yes, she doing brings that them by. I know. Oh, Elliot um, and Lozenge. Yeah. Yes. Well, John. Such a good um, child.
0: Just have a great time. Don't forget to try the pawn. Okay. Yeah, that's a
1: delicacy mm-hmm. there. Um, Will he need asbestos underwear? <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Mm, maybe, no. no. The no. food is
6: very good. Yeah.
0: No. Be sure
3: to
6: try cha-cha's chicken and Gilgit.
3: Okay. it is to die
6: for.
0: Yeah, yeah, cha-cha's. Um, except they make me oh, eat on so the roof.
2: Good. Oh, yes. Yeah. But I don't it's wrong. a rooftop. Yeah.
0: Yeah, women can't eat in the restaurant. So they give us a rooftop across the street <laughs> so we can see into we, the restaurant. We all...
6: We
1: all ate on the rooftop across the street too. Oh, they put you there it was too. Like
6: our own little, <laughs> put oh, all the white
1: people. So the yeah. women are sitting on the roof gazing longingly yeah. at the diners inside. That's mm. not
0: right. Oh, we're watching Cha Cha cook that chicken out on the sidewalk. <laughs> okay. Um <clears throat> see I had something I was gonna say now, I got so distracted. What else being uh, Oh your- no, and I oh. know what it is. Uh John, <laughs> yes. are you gonna be posting on your trip that if anyone wants to follow along?
3: Yeah, I will be. Um I, and we haven't talked about posting on the instagram for motorcycles mm-hmm. and this, so um i probably put some stuff up on our instagram my personal instagram um which is uh johnny epa uh what? yeah um here let me check I, I got like seven of them um but <laughs> can I de- you
0: can you post to the recycle garage yeah absolutely instagram? i can post okay. it there
3: yeah so i'll just i'll just do that and right. then uh, so you can follow me there you can follow us on on Facebook, Liza will post some stuff yeah, on Facebook. Yeah, I'll share stuff and, on her. And uh, I'll, I'll see if I can throw some stuff up on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Also, kind of little little quick quick bites up there on our YouTube page.
0: I'm uh, I'm jealous. Another quick announcement Emma and I are going to be a little more famous. Uh
2: oh. Oh, yeah, just a little. Oh.
0: Yeah, Emma and I are going to be featured on uh, Revzilla's Common Tread. Oh, great. They did an interview with nice. us. Oh, that's yeah, awesome. I mean,
1: it's a very nice interview. Um,. <clears throat> Big shout out to Andy. Yeah. Um, yeah. Thank you so much good for exposure. reaching out. That's awesome.
0: Um, yeah. Cool. Did a good job. We had a nice chat with him and then he had to, I don't know how he like trimmed it down, but you know, Emma and I just talked and talked and talked let <laughs> me tell you about the time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But what is that going to be <laughs> up to, <laughs> you know? Uh, and in the next couple of days, I will Great. be sure Absolutely. to share it. Um and, and then lastly, don't forget, we got T-shirts for sale. <gasps> You finally got your T-shirt finally, wear months late. Yeah, I know. <laughs>
1: you know what I'd like to see on a design for <laughs> the that? T-shirt? The Thringle engine. The Thringle. I think well, we <laughs> between me and Norm, we should come up with it, with a design for the, yeah. for the Thringle.
0: And I'd like to put a three-and-a-half piston caliper on a brake
1: today.
0: I think, didn't Moto Marini make a three-and-a-half piston caliper?
6: Uh,
1: yes. No, yeah.
6: Moto Band- Bandito. Yeah, Moto Bandito.
1: Bandito. Yes, those guys <laughs> with the snap off tools.
0: <laughs>
6: yes, <laughs> exactly. The, the Moto Bandito upgrade kit. How much are the shirts?
0: Uh, $25. $1
1: million. Yeah, I have <laughs> them for available you? if you'd like to buy them. $35. <laughs>
0: uh, hey, uh, Bagel, did you get an email that you can yeah. read? Get that ready. I'm going to read one real quick. I did. So, our, our new favorite, Narnar nar Nar-nar. Nar-nar. Uh, <laughs> Narnar. You remember he wrote in and asked for a nickname and Doug named him Narnar? He's
3: like our BFF now.
0: <laughs> yeah. Okay. That kind of work. Yeah, he, he's a 14-year-old kid. He's in a uh, motorcycles. We call him Narnar. nar uh, nar says, hey, it's Narnar. I was wondering if you would be doing another flabby butt, tight butt, or the iron butt next year. Well, that's a good question. I got the
3: flabby butt worked out.
0: Uh, um, uh, I'm not sure with the flabby butt, the tight butt is uh it's been a while since i've done an iron butt and we keep talking about mm-hmm. we did the Tin Butt 200 years ago where we rode on 200 cc or less uh scooters or motorcycles on a 200 mile loop
2: mm.
0: that was fun uh and then we did the numb nuts so uh I'm, i don't have any plans to do the Tin but only because so few of us have any bikes or scooters under 200 cc's. And Bagel, honestly, just whined the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> because his bajaj couldn't keep up with my Honda. Um, <laughs> um, but maybe, True. but maybe Emma, maybe we need to come up with something called the flabby but What would that look like, do you think? Well, I'll show you what it looks like.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well... <laughs> No, well, I think you know my take on it. You don't necessarily need a flabby butt to actually take part. It can be what's coming out of the butt that's flabby. Do you, do
0: you think the flabby butt is when uh, we all ride the mini bike around? I think
1: so. Yeah,
0: especially when we set up the uh, the, the ladder as one of the obstacles, and you got to ride over. That's the flabby butt.
1: It could be. Are we doing a numnuts next year? Oh, yeah. Well, okay. I guess so. <laughs> oh, yeah. The Numb Nuts is an annual
0: contest. Okay. I guess so. You'll have to enter next year. Are your Nuts
4: yeah. numb enough to do this?
1: Yeah, Tino, uh,
0: there was a the $1,000 <laughs> cash prize.
4: What's the Numb Nuts? How do I compete? Uh, <laughs> oh, you're, you're sit, already in.
0: Whoever could sit on their bike the longest.
4: I have no bike, but I will sit on Ellie's. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah you yeah, can you could enter. Sure. And you have to, like, stay overnight and sleep on it.
4: Oh, easy.
0: Oh, okay. Really? No.
3: really? Okay. All right. I love these young guys, how, yeah, uh, how confident they are. Oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, I think, yeah, and I think we, we'll do one next year. We've got to wait until John has forgotten how miserable he was. Oh. <laughs> hey, I was happy.
3: <laughs> Once he got off. You were happy, but the
0: guys who were trying to sleep on the bikes who couldn't because you were snoring. Well,
3: so wait till the guys in Pakistan get, get <laughs> a on. taste. How long is it? How long is it?
4: Uh it was like well, a- eighteen hours last year. It was
0: about eighteen hours that it went. I was prepared to go thirty six, but I got knocked out. It you was see, an accident. It's
4: technique. You don't eat, you just drink. So no, you, you can have you have bathroom two. breaks. Oh you get bathroom? Oh, yeah. okay, because I was like mentally preparing. No, myself it's with, harder than you think. Diapers. All right, we got time <laughs> for
0: one more email. Bagel, you have one there? Because this is a unique accent required to read this email.
4: I oh, am oh. very good yeah. with accent.
6: Well <laughs> Well the uh the the subject is good day ten Aussie and this is a I believe this is a from someone in Tennessee Aaron G Jestra mm-hmm. now I I believe he is from Tennessee so I think of this, I'll do this in a Tennessee accent
0: okay but he's talking about so, Australia uh, he writes
6: yeah. exactly.
0: And he writes, got a new
6: movie with a wee bit, maybe one minute of moto in it. But damn, does it show off Australia's beauty? The movie is a perfect pairing. I've not heard of that. My take, Hmm. it is a it is a fun comedic rom-com with a lot of funny, a lot of witty fun. And that amazing Aussie linguistics. Love it. (laughs) It absolutely makes me want to visit Australia ASAP. And get out of corporate mm. life for a bit. We should plan a trip and hit up the turps down at the pub, at some damn nice riding. Serious, how much better could it get? And he includes some amazing yeah, pictures, of great scenery, pictures of scenery, of uh, riding okay, Australia. Okay, Emma,
2: can
0: you interpret what's uh, oh. Terps at the pub?
1: Turps at the pub. Well, a, a pub is where you go and drink. <laughs> okay, got that part. Turpentine, perhaps? Do they drink turpentine? I don't know. Do they drink terp- <laughs> Terps? T-U-R-P-S. at the pub. No, you're drinking Turpentine at the pub. You yeah, don't yeah. speak Australian? I try not. to. <laughs> <I'm trying laughs> Michael, was, I love, was there I, any I, more I, to that? I love Australian people. Can't, yes. But can't understand what they say. <laughs> go ahead, <laughs> <it>. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Aaron continues. and he he says,
6: hey, even am Stephen Best, though, a fleet of DRZs, or maybe oh, we yeah. go Aussie and get some Nemesis 400 MK2s. Yes. Emma, Emma. how about a history hole on Australian motorcycle companies?
2: Ooh.
6: I have never heard of any of these, and some look pretty sweet. Cheers, mates. Aaron Jestrat.
3: Thanks. Thanks, Aaron.
6: Nice. Well, so, what say Aaron. you,
0: Emma?
1: Yeah, I mean, the interesting mm. thing about Australia, um, it's... A lot of it reflects the wildlife that's in that country. You know, Australia is full of unique things because it is a unique country.
0: Well, I think before we have a discussion, with, you know, about Australian bikes, you have to go watch Stone.
1: Oh yeah, right. They're all riding or Z- Crocodile D.
4: <laughs> or Mad Max. Ooh, Mad Max. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh.
1: Stone. Good bikes.
0: That good is home. the ultimate Australian Stone, biker movie.
1: Stone is the ultimate biker movie. Yeah, and. Um, if you ever want to see a Norton Commando wheelie around <coughs> the streets of yeah. Melbourne, that is the film to see it in. <laughs> when was it made? Nice, uh, seventy-four. Uh, so, yeah, it's,
4: seventy-four. It's a,
0: 74. It's a classic. It's a classic. Well, um, thank you, Aaron, for sending that in, and uh, thanks, Narnar. Nar. Uh, send us your emails. Thank we want to hear Nar-Nar. from Nar-Nar. you.
1: That is so troubling.
0: What? <laughs> I think it's random. <laughs> Set name. up
1: for success. <laughs> You love Narnar. <laughs> that's my boy. I
0: think it's rad. So, John, you're taking off. Uh, oh, you're going to be gone a while.
3: Yeah, I'm going to be gone. I'll be oh, back crap. on the uh,
0: 19th, hopefully. And then Emma, I'm leaving next week after we record. I have to we're going to have to do a short show. Heads up. Short show next week cuz I need to be on yeah. the way to the
1: airport immediately well, no, after. Well, that's okay.
0: Uh, and then I'll be gone, but I'll be back Next, The next week in time for the show.
1: Right. So let's do the next week. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to ride in Pride and then we'll do the. Yep. We'll,
0: we're going to do a wedding. We're going to ride in Pride. Pride we're going to run the garage.
1: garage. Short, show, Short show. You're off to America, maricade. Yeah. Then the following week, I will come down and run the garage. You will be back in time to do the show. You're going to be beat.
0: Oh, let me tell you, just I'm going to be beat the first day, so I'm taking a red eye, which has a connecting flight at three <laughs> oh, in the morning. Oh, God. Um And then oh. I arrive there, and I get go directly over to the event where I'm going to be a little show pony on. It's the first day; but it's not really open, but they're doing like press and parties and stuff like that. So I'm like, I'm just going to be like, just prop me up over here, <laughs> and that's day one. Yeah, but you get that
3: that crazy Liza energy when you get Man. in those places. It's it's. Amazing!
0: I, yeah, no one can keep up with me. It is nope, true. I can't. It is true, and I have a new jacket. to wear. <laughs> I have to show you. Oh, I have a new jacket. Um, you Ooh. guys ready to wrap this up?
1: Yeah. Hey, thanks so. everyone,
0: especially thanks to Christian yeah. from Americade coming on. What a nice guy, right? Yes, Doing a nice. great event. Yeah. Um, he's if great. You, you know, if you want to get out of the house and come down to Americade, this sounds like a great event. This just really. Like I said, it's passionate about two wheels, Um, ride bikes, have some good times, and, you know, come talk to vendors and and see the stuff. Yeah, I'm excited. Um, Any other announcements? Yeah,
3: check out our social, get social with us, uh, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram.
0: All right, we put up the quail video. Quail
3: video's up, Yeah. yeah. So make sure you like and follow us, share us, tell all your friends, and join Patreon.
0: Yeah, yeah. big thanks to all of our Patreon sub- subscribers, really appreciate it, but especially to just all of our listeners for keeping us going. Yep. You guys, I'm working on our 500th episode deal, I've got some big ideas. That's awesome, sweet. And it's going to be cool, I know. Nice. So stay tuned. Bagel, you'll be coming out for that, right?
6: I am planning to, yes.
0: I've been trying to bring out all, all as many Misfits as I can. You know who I was talking to yesterday? lucas who's that lucas all right oh yeah he's one of the yes. favorites from back in the day so we're gonna have a ton of misfits it'll be good anyway i think we're ready to wrap up nice. thank you everyone this is liza
3: inshallah i will be back in the 19th Ooh. stumpy john
0: <laughs> miss mrs stumpy
5: <laughs> dr t it's just patrick
0: hanging out <laughs> <laughs> and we are out of
5: here right. oh cool <laughs>